This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, July 9th. This is episode 213. We haven't recorded for a few weeks. No, it's been two weeks since we, well, this is the third. Three, we didn't yeah. record for two weeks. So this yeah, is we the didn't, third yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't, haven't seen you guys for I know. three weeks, basically. I was expecting you to show up like a lobster. No, dude. I bathed in sunscreen Did you get a little kiddie pool just filled it up with sunscreen and just jumped in there and rolled around it probably would have taken a lot less time uh during the heat of the day like when the sun was out i i wear uh you know they, they make shirt no, i should, maybe that would have been a good i'll just go off too. your gestures <laughs> well they make like uh pool or swimming shirts okay you know so i don't have to waste sunscreen on my yeah. entire torso and those try to really lightweight shirts that yeah. kind of like breathe quite a bit yeah but the you know block uv rays yeah. and stuff so but yeah so it was just putting sunscreen on my head and face and arms and legs and feet and throwing my swim shirt on and trunks and going out and sitting in the pool it was so fucking hot <laughs> i went to palm springs and i think the the hottest it got way while we were there, I think, was 118, but there were three or four days above 110. That's that's fuck you heat. And yeah, it was really really hot, but it's a dry heat. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, like the hottest temperatures I would see, like in Iraq, was around like 120, 123. Mm-hmm. So that's that kind of fucking heat. And that's yeah. Miserable. Oh yeah, yeah, and it was like if it weren't for the pool. And copious amounts of alcohol. <laughs> I don't know how I would have managed. I, well, I would have just been like, I'd have, I'd have noped the fuck out. I saw you guys went to a winery as well. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We went to a winery. We went and did like I had no idea how many cool things there were to do in Palm Springs or or in the surrounding area. Uh, you know, I knew I've only heard stories of you know Palm Springs like the Rat Pack would hang out in Palm Springs and movie stars would go like, there. It's kind of a you know, Party. a winter destination for wealthy people yeah. um, because the weather is nice there during the winter. And so we went there in the middle of summer. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, I had, a, I had a great time, though. Just very relaxing. Uh, if it weren't if it were not so hot, it would have been even better. But it was one of the best vacations I've been on. It was just a lot of fun with some really cool people that I like a lot. And, and, and then you get home and find out your air conditioner's broke. Yeah. Yeah. We come home and, you know, we have two air conditioning units for the house because it's kind of spread out. And the south side of the house where our bedrooms are and where the studio is, is, you know, we we get home and I was doing some time travel on our way home. (laughs) I was going really fast for most of the time. But so we made it here a lot sooner than we would have or that we thought initially we were going to get home from the time we left 
Anyway, we get home, start unpacking, and Tracy says, oh, well, I think there's something wrong with the air conditioner. It's really hot in our room. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, it's just really hot. And we have the Nest thermostats. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so I pull up the history of it. And I'm like, oh, well, if you look here, you can see that it went into eco mode while, you know, we're away from the house and the people we had who were house sitting for us and dog sitting they were also gone, so there wasn't anybody to adjust the thermostat down. So it just got warm, but it'll cool off now that we're home and we've set the temperature down. She's like, okay. And then two or three hours went by, and it had gone from 83 degrees to 82 degrees. And I'm like, yeah, I think yeah. there's something wrong with the AC. <laughs> so had uh, my stepdaughter's boyfriend, who works in HVAC, come out and look at the – come out and check out my shit. Oh, yeah. And apparently the coil outside is just rusted through. I have, there's no coolant in the system at all anymore. And it's because the coil rusted through and it all escaped. And so now I have to buy uh, two new AC <laughs> units. I don't have to get two, but the other one it's, it's, is leaking. It's about there. Yeah. I mean, they're both, they're, they were both installed at the same time. They're 20 years old. And the one is now just kaput. I could get a new coil for it that would cost, I think, $800, $850. And then I would have to also charge that up with this coolant that is going to be That's, outlawed yeah. in 2020 and is super expensive. So to even fill it up with the coolant would be another probably $800. So then I'm looking at sinking, you know, at least $1,600 yeah. into a system that I'm going to have to replace Anyway. Anyway, very soon. So better to just take that money and put it into a new unit. It still sucks. Yeah. And it sucks because it's very hot. Yeah. Uh, luckily, though, in our bedroom, um, I have this portable AC unit oh, okay. from when we lived in Clearfield. Yeah. Uh, our, my office, <clears throat> my office at that house was upstairs and it would get really fucking hot up there. So I bought a portable AC unit to put and exhaust you know it's just a it's a tower unit yeah and so it just has a exhaust that goes in the window that goes and just blows the hot air out the window and so we put that in our room and it's kept it right around between 72 and 74 degrees in the bedroom so it's at least bearable to sleep and stuff i mean that's um, a, that's all the further low i turn my ac in my house oh yeah yeah we're we we have it set lower in the <laughs> evening I think at night we have it set down to like 68. Okay. So it's still warmer than usual, but I think, you know, it's a good thing that we spent the last week in Palm Springs because we learned how to deal with oppressive heat, <laughs> even inside the house. Like in Palm Springs, the the house, we couldn't set the AC any lower than 76. Okay. Like there's, you know, you Jeez. walk in and there's this binder. Guide. That, yeah, there's yeah. this binder with all the different things about the house and everything. It was like, don't set it any lower than 76 or it's it will freeze, freeze up, up. Yeah. And then you'll be fucked. And, you know, 76 may not be the perfect temperature that you want it to be at, but it's a lot better than 86 or 96 or 106 yeah. if it fucking freezes over and then you have no AC. So, we learned to deal with being warm and, and putting up with it anyway. So, that was good. But yeah, just a fabulous trip, man. A whole lot of fun. Yeah, we went to the winery. We rode the tram up to uh, one of the peaks, uh, one of the San Jacinto peaks. Okay. Yeah. And you go from, you know, I think like 500 feet above sea level, right abouts, 
at the base to over 8,000. Oh, wow. Jeez. Up That's got to pop your ears. Dude. Oh, yeah. And the the tram ride um, the, from the parking lot where we were, it was 115 degrees. And up at the top, it was like 74. It was like, oh, my God, this is so Damn. wonderful. We're going to stay here. <laughs> I don't ever. We don't have to go back, do we? We can just stay up here. This will be Bring great. me some booze and Cheetos. <laughs> No, but the pool was awesome. The company was awesome. Just, yeah, I had a really good time. Just very relaxing and able to unwind. I was hardly on social media at all. Didn't watch any news. Just lounged in the pool and drank and visited with people that I like a lot. It was just, it was, yeah. it was a good vacation. Nice. I needed it. I felt, I felt rejuvenated. <laughs> then I get home and got to deal with all this AC shit. Yeah. What have you guys been doing for the last couple of weeks? I bought a Corvette. I know. And I got to drive it. Yeah, I let Dan drive the Corvette. It was fun. Did you hear me? It's pretty sweet. Did you hear me driving the Corvette? Because I know you guys were still outside when I went down the road and stuff. Yeah, it's not that loud, so. Oh, okay. oh good. I mean, <laughs> I, you wouldn't, you shouldn't have heard anything. I didn't, I didn't hear I any tire squeal. I, the neighborhood. I, I, <laughs> I didn't let you know how to uh, turn off traction control to let oh, the tires yeah, break no. loose. I didn't, I didn't get on it too much, but <laughs> I, I did like turning out onto the main thoroughfare it's like let's let's just tap give it, it real little, quick give it a little gas to see how quickly it would move and it moves really quickly yeah it does <laughs> it was fun i That's, like it uh, very much i like it too yeah have you been driving it a whole lot or no uh, i drove it to work one day and actually it was kind of nice because sarah had a bad tire on her car that went completely flat so i let her take the nissan for the week for oh, work nice. and everything i just yeah. drove the corvette to work because sarah does not want to drive the corvette uh, oh, she doesn't want to drive the Corvette? No, she, she doesn't want to crash it. Uh, uh, and she's not the most talented driver in the world. She'll vouch for that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I've just kind of, you know, I'll just driven it around town and driven it up through the canyons and stuff. It's kind of going to be, I'm not going to use it as a daily driver, but just kind of yeah. like, let's go out and go for a ride yeah. type car. So Yeah, it looks wanna, fun, man. I want to I keep it looking good and driving good. I'm happy for you. That's cool. Yeah, I've wanted one for a long time. Yeah, me too. You <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is cool. I'll like it very much. And you, sir? Um, I brought some thoughts. Yeah? From the weeklies. Oh, boy. I'm not exactly sure when this occurred to me because it's been forever since we met. But uh, <laughs> I was watching some show. Uh, since like... So this has been an occurrence in your head since we met? Oh, no. I just mean I don't know when exactly when I wrote since this we down. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, wow, yeah. you've been thinking about this for a long time. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, just another, like, why science is important uh, kind of thing. Um, so I didn't I didn't know this, but the poaching of black rhinos in Africa has increased 3,000% thir- 3, oh, yeah. since 2013. It's fucked up. Really? In five years, it's gone up 3,000%? Yeah. Yeah, they're wow. and are, the, are are those the ones that are actually trying to to they'll drill into the horns and like try to mm-hmm. put a dye into them so that way it's yeah. not valuable to the the poachers anymore. Yeah. yeah, that's how far it's gone. They have to dye their fucking horns so the poachers wow. don't want them. Yeah, uh, in the black market, powdered rhino horn can fetch uh sixty five thousand dollars a kilo. Wow. Uh, the demand is set by East Asia uh, uh. belief that rhino horn cures everything from cancer to hangovers. And increases libido, but I've I've heard that like libido or your yeah. dick size, but they're 
just beliefs. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Which I'm going to start saying instead of, oh, it's just a theory. I'm going to say those are just beliefs. Yeah, it's yeah. just a belief. Yeah. Because uh, rhino horn is made of keratin. It's the same as hair and fingernails. Yeah. So yeah. eat your fucking fingernails, Chinese people. <laughs> same thing same as shit. Uh, yeah. like the whale teeth. They're not called teeth. They're they're the baleen. Baleen. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's keratin. Huh. Uh, and there's no medicinal value in it whatsoever. No. Um, nevertheless, black rhinos have been completely wiped out of Uganda and Rwanda and they don't, they don't exist there anymore at all. Uh, Uh, Kenya is the only country where black rhinos still live in all of the world. Roughly 600 individuals are left. Uh, all due to unfounded bullshit, non-scientific beliefs. So what's the, what's the harm in just letting people believe what they want? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, it's worth noting that the human population of Africa has just ticked over a billion. It's also worth noting that Trump just reversed the law saying you can't bring trophy animals back into the States. Yeah. Every fucking day there's something with that guy. Yeah. He's just... Oh, who did he nominate for the Supreme Court? Uh, I... Unless it's it's happened... Yeah, I haven't... There's the four people. I think it's the, the female. Uh, what was her name? You think? Um, I, no, she had a meeting with him that didn't go well. Really? Yeah. Brett Kavanaugh looks like. Huh. Oh. Uh, we'll have to do some research yeah. on him for next week. I, yeah. I kind of thought he would go after the, uh, the female that they're looking at because to make himself look. He doesn't well, care. Yeah, that's, better. What, that's what, well, yeah, that's what's a strategic move. That's what everybody figured as, as speculation, but he's, he has no motive. He has no plan. He has, there's no, there's no method to his madness. He's just a fucking prick. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I, that's why, like, the people that were the final four, he didn't pick any of them. His, it was names given to him by his people saying, by the hey, Liberty this is Foundation. What we want. Yeah. It was, yeah. He has, he has no grand master plan. There's no, there's no scheming in his mind, really. He's just there's fucking no, he's stupid. He's not a tacticianer. He, no, he's, he's a hapless fucking moron. He's a puppet for the evangelicals. Yeah. And so there's no, there's no grand design or scheme in his head. I mean, you can tell that just by how often he has to fucking lie about things. Mm-hmm. Like he, he lies about lying. Yeah. Because there's no plan. There's no, there is nothing. There was no plan for him to get elected. He didn't figure he was going to be no. elected. There was no plan to bring staff into the White House. Nope. They're still understaffed yep. in the White House. There was no plan to staff his cabinet. He's gone through how many fucking cabinet members in less than a year? Yeah. He's just he's just a moron. People give him way too much credit as yeah. being this brilliant tactician or whatever, or that he's got these plans and oh well I'm sure he's going to make this strategic decision of doing X and Y, but no, it it doesn't work like that. His brain doesn't work like that. He doesn't have a plan for any he's floated through his in his yeah. life for his entire life mm-hmm. because he's had everything handed to him he's he's a fucking worthless human being and he's not a good businessman he's a either. walking orange pile of garbage yeah sorry <laughs> i really dislike our president yeah he's the worst i did like to not to keep fucking up your story but someone tweeted at the guy so the guy that that ghost wrote his book tweeted out how trump is incompetent and can't speak and all this other kind of stuff and someone tweeted back to him and goes he is very competent you should sit down and read his book <laughs> it's like dude you're tweeting at the guy who wrote his book for him oh my god you fucking the, moron the one bit of news I did see while I was in Palm Springs was Trump t- 
doing a rally somewhere where he's talking about, you know, oh, I have, I, you know, I, it's just like the brain is the most important. It's, and uh. the words and the mouth and the talking. It's, you know, it's what it, the brain, it's the thing yeah. with the mouth and it works well. Just a completely incoherent string of nonsense. Yeah. That's about normal. that everybody at the rally was like, go to Rob. They all just want to suck his dick. I think they like him because he's somebody who is as dumb or even more dumb than they are. And he's president. And they're like, see, anybody can be president. He speaks as mine. <laughs> I could be president one day, too. Well, that's yeah, that's it. Because they were remember at the beginning, they were saying, he, you know, he's one of us. And we're like, like the billionaire How? next door. Yeah. It, yeah. It's none of that. It's because they're all racist fucking high school dropout morons too that's yeah. what the only thing they have in common is so they hear racist. him speak and they're like i get that mm -hmm. I, I can relate to that yep yeah yeah i made that same mistake like thinking well how how are these people relating to a spoiled fucking billionaire who's never had to on work an honest day in his life yeah they're relating to him he's one of them how does that work but yeah you're absolutely right it's because they learn they picked up much sooner than I did that he's as stupid as they are and they can relate to him. Yep. Oh, uh, just one other thought. Um, that progressives have a plan in mind for the future, complete with examples of success. Like the favorite right now is Scandinavia. Um, but it could also be the UK or Australia or Germany or the Netherlands or New Zealand or even Japan. Um, these are living proof of the e efficacy and, uh, of progressive policy in action. What countries can conservatives point to as success of their policies? North Putin's far-right anti-democracy dictatorship in which he siphons money from the citizens to, his, to pad his pockets? Maybe it's the anti-gay, anti-woman, have-and-have-not society of Saudi Arabia, Iran, or North Korea. Maybe it's Erdogan's Turkey or Duterte's Philippines, Xi Jinping's China. <laughs> what about the place where American Christians have infiltrated and spread their ideas in Uganda? Which soon after passed the kill the gays bill. Yeah. Uh, what is the working example of successful conservative policy in the world? Who are they looking to as an, as an example? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here trying to wreck my brain, but you're right. Well, we know who Trump looks at. Well, yeah. And it's the places that Matt right. listed. Yeah. All of the, and, and those are places that are great for the leader and yeah, terrible, not, for yeah. the citizens. terrible for yeah. the citizens and the people. Yeah. Huh? But 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 for the everyday Rep Republican, wh what where are they going? Hey, it's working right here. Let's do this. There's nowhere. There's nowhere where right wing policies are working. Well, and I think they're, you know, looking back to the glory filled halcyon days of the fifties and sixties. Yeah, where, where they, they were riding they on FDR's social democrat. Yeah, uh, a, a democratic socialism. Yeah, that's that. Those were all his policies, well, and the and, boomers came and changed. And that. when women were still much much more repressed, well, that where too. we had yeah. segregation. Yeah, yeah. Know. There's that, but economically, yeah. it was it was way more socialist. You know, corporations were paying 90% tax yeah. tax rates to keep everything even. We weren't in huge debt because of that. There were C a lot of... Yeah, CEOs weren't making no. 3,000 yeah. times what their... Everything was a lot e more evened out, and it was not because of right-wing policies. The, I don't know what happened to the baby boomers, but they when they grew up, they started thinking, oh, that's... Well, I mean... Part of it was that they're like, well, we're never, ever going to pay taxes for ourselves ever. We're never going to pay our bills. So we're just going to continue to vote for people who push all of our bills off 
and and in doing that, they sort of inadvertently selected for other issues that fucked up uh, parts of the economy too. But it was never conservative policies that that they had in the fifties, and there's no conservative policies working in the world anywhere that's good for the regular Republican voter. They don't have any examples of. It. I can't think of any that are. That have a whole if there of- was one, they would be hounding on it constantly. Yeah. Look at this place. Look at this place. It's you know, well, yeah, just like progressives do with right. a lot of the Scandinavian yeah. countries or right? any of the other ones I named. Japan yeah. is good. Australia, UK, yeah. Germany. Germany's fucking great right now. Yeah, economically and every and every other way. Hmm. And those are all progressive policies. Yeah, that yeah, I have that's something that I hadn't even really given much thought to. But where are they? Deciding that this is going to make things better. I don't, yeah, how do they, how do they square that circle? God. Yeah. <laughs> it's what God wants us to do. So clearly it's going to be good. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, should we get to our interview with Regina? Okay. Sure. She's very cool. I'm excited. Yeah. She's very cool. Hey, gang. This is Jack Materko from For Infernal Use Only and the Naked Diner podcast. And you are listening to The Godless Revolution. We've broken virtually every record. Because, you know, look, I only need this space. They need much more room. For basketball, for hockey, for all the sports, they need a lot of room. We don't need it. We have people in that space. So we break all these records. But really, we do it without, like, the musical instruments. This is the only musical, the mouth. And hopefully the brain attached to the mouth, right? The brain, more important than the mouth, is the brain. The brain is much more important. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. All right. In studio, we are joined by the super awesome Regina Tippett. How are you? Good. I'm very excited to have you here in the studio with us to talk about this. It's going to be very fun and exciting. Yay. <laughs> and it's been a while since we've had anybody on the show. Well, it's been a while since well, we've recorded. recorded yeah. yeah. Um, shit happens. Yeah, we were, we were on a little pressure. too skeptical chaps for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we were following the two skeptical chaps. Uh release schedule for a monthly (laughs) (laughs) so regina is a mental health therapist counselor oh that's right you are a psycho therapist you know i don't really like the way you pause (laughs) it's all about tone isn't it commas are important (laughs) my degree is in mental health counseling oh okay so what is the difference between like a counselor a therapist a psychiatrist a psychologist I mean, you're all just looking to fuck with people's heads, but <laughs> what, what, what are, why are there different classifications and how does that all work? I'm sensing some hostility here, Dan. <laughs> no, I think therapy is, I think therapy is something that everybody should utilize. Maybe not everybody, but people, it's very much underutilized for sure. Um, More yeah. people should go and talk to a good therapist. Right. Who, and they don't. For whatever reason, a lot of people I know are afraid. I think sometimes their religion discourages going to see therapists. Or they're trying to be too macho. There's a stigma attached, you know, for a lot of people who are federal employees or work military, anything like that. It's really difficult because then, you know, then that can be a disqualifying thing for your job. Even seeking, seeking help for a mental condition that you have can be disqualifying, which is terrible. Especially if you have to ever have to retain a security clearance. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure you know all of this, and right. I'm just telling you stuff you know. So tell us what tell us what you know. Uh, well, a psychiatrist is a medical doctor, mm-hmm. and they mostly prescribe medications. 
Uh, they used to do psychotherapy, but I don't know about everywhere else, but in Utah, they've really gotten away from that because we don't have enough psychiatrists to prescribe. And there's actually a position called APRN, which is Advanced Practice Registered Nurse. So you can also now utilize that profession for medications um, or a PA, a physician's assistant, if they specialize in meds. And then a psychologist is a PhD and they do a lot of assessments and testing and they do therapy. And then I'm a master's level. And in Utah, the most prevalent uh, master's level is a social worker. So it's a master's social worker and they are LCSWs, licensed clinical social workers. That's really common, but I am a mental health counselor. So my master's degree is in mental health. Hmm. So psychiatrists don't really do head shrinkage? <laughs> they are allowed to, yeah. but mostly in Utah, they don't because they are prescribing medications because it's tough to find a um, prescriber. You can go to your regular doctor, but a lot of MDs do not feel comfortable prescribing. And if you have any resistance to like the first medication they try, mm. um, then most doctors are like, yeah, you need to see a specialist. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I know I, I'm, I've looked it up a few different times and it's something that I never remember, but I you know, what's the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist and all these different things? Yeah, my dad still calls me a psychiatrist. And every time I'm like, <laughs> no, dad, I'm not a doctor. Like, I could get in trouble, not from my dad saying it, because he's like 81. Nobody listens to him. <laughs> They're like, what? Fucking old people, right? I'm pretty sure that my extended family thinks I'm a psychiatrist, because he keeps always saying that I'm a psychiatrist. I'm like, uh, dad, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm a therapist. <laughs> You know, whatever. And you have been vetted by the uh, Secular Therapist Project. What goes into what goes into that kind of questioning or vetting process? Well, they number one, you cannot be have a spiritual background. You cannot be practicing religion, and you have to use all, I'd say, non-religious therapies, but but. That goes to, they have to be evidence-based, mm -hmm. shown in multiple clinical trials to be effective. And there is no spiritual, religious intervention well, we, that has, uh, there's not any that has had research behind it that's um, reliable. There's, mm -hmm. there's some out there that say that they are, but when you look at the procedure or how many people were in it or how they did it, it's not valid. Mm -hmm. So that's Wait kind a of minute. <laughs> religious testing that that doesn't meet uh, scientific muster. <laughs> yeah, that's I try. I hmm. looked hard. I looked hard to try to find something um, over the weekend for you that would show you that prayer would help you, but I couldn't uh. find any actually valid valid studies. They all have problems with them. Mm -hmm. Like one had 20 people. Oh, and geez. then at the end, it concluded that prayer was probably helpful. But um, 20 people is not a valid study. No. Mm -hmm. And um, also, how do you tweeze that out? So they have like part of the group is is praying and another part's not. But how do you know that, that, okay, there's a correlation. That doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. And how do you tweak that out? Well, yeah, and what from what pool were these people selected? I mean, I'm guessing that if it's only 20 people, they're probably in one area, 
probably all practicing the same type of faith. I don't know why anybody would waste their time doing a study of 20 people. Yeah. Because that is not considered valid in, in my field. Because Jesus wants us to spread well, the word, that it's a good thing. Because the people they're trying to give the study to, or present it to, are ignorant to how the studies are done in the first place. As far as academically, it's not well, going to help not, those say, people. No, the, the, the researchers. The yeah, I don't know yeah. why a researcher would do it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to get any accolades for that at all or any recognition for that. So maybe they have other motives is what you're saying? Yeah, to try yeah. to show their parishioners, <laughs> hey, look, we did a study. Ryan said that, not me. Science says that religion works. Yeah. Yeah, there's some they – tr- they've tried to do – some of the same research on um, if you have a religious therapist and they try to draw conclusions. But to me, that goes to the therapeutic alliance, that if your therapist is the same religion as you, that probably feels pretty good to you. And you probably yeah. feel like they really mm-hmm. understand you and they're really there for you. Mm-hmm. And that may not be about religion. You know, that's just like, oh, you get me because we're alike. Yeah, it's just an interpersonal yeah. connection. Right. Which is is required in therapy, but it doesn't. Um, it doesn't mean y- you have to have it, but you also have to have some kind of effective intervention. So I can't, I, well, Bessel van der Kolk actually says that it doesn't matter. People will get better if you do an effective therapy, but he's pretty controversial. Oh. <laughs> Besser, Besser van der Bessel? Oh, don't know. <laughs> Bissell Doc- vacuum cleaner? Dr. Van der Kolk. He is, uh, does a ton of research and he's um also a clinician. Some people say he's arrogant. Um but he's all about evidence-based therapy. He's too perfect to be arrogant. That's all. <laughs> it's just true. He's just amazing. Now, I don't know. Um I don't I read about the controversies. I don't really have an opinion. Um he's He's been right about a lot of things, but he's very much into the evidence-based and he said if you're doing evidence-based therapy they're going to get better. They're probably not going to like you, but they're mm. going to get better. Mm. But I think a lot of people would have a hard time staying in a therapy that they didn't feel the therapist got them mm. or liked them, you know? Yeah, if there isn't that connection where you feel that you can drop your guard and really talk to your therapist openly and honestly and and without any sort of guile, right? you know, that you can just be yourself and be completely honest with them, then I would imagine that that would make any kind of therapy that much more difficult. Yeah, I think I'd struggle with that. But he tells of the incident where he did some EMDR therapy with a guy. And at the end, his, the man's symptoms were gone. And he said, but I'd never come back to you. <laughs> He's like, you're a jerk. You know, what is he, EMDR therapy? Uh, eye movement desensitization reprocessing. So <laughs> okay. um, it's a type of therapy that has 20 plus studies showing it to be effective in recovery from PTSD. Um, and it's really effective. And um, Eye movement, what was it? So it's bilateral stimulation. Uh-huh. So the Robin Shapiro came up with it, and she started out with, like, holding her, her hand in front of somebody and going back and forth. So your eyes cross, not cross. But they go, they cross the meridian of yeah. your brain by going right and then left and then right and then left. I'm hitting them. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Fun. We do it all the time. Okay. And you'll hear Matt shuffling papers. And- oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. Stop it, Matt. 
Gosh, you're so unprofessional. <laughs> I, I, know. I would never do anything bad. Nobody uh, will disagree with you. <laughs> you're the low key one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until he's not. Yeah. It's always the quiet one. Until he gets mad. I, I figured you haven't gone back far enough. Uh, you probably have just grabbed the last few episodes to kind of get mm-hmm. brushed. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. If you go back, you'll hear me yell a bunch. Oh, okay. Because not yet. Because sometimes I'm like, where's the third guy? I was like, yeah, okay. I got. I, I know who Dan's voice is and I know Ryan's. Who's that third guy? Where did he go? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I started most recent. Okay. Back, yeah. yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to keep doing until I find you ranting. Okay. Right. Especially pre-medication. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. Take your meds. <laughs> well, I had you last we spoke, you were on another one that wasn't working very well. Well, the effect's not as good as the first one, but the side effects are better, so it's fine for now. Huh. Well, that's good. So, EMDR. So, what? Oh. what do you have a condition? <laughs> I do. I'm like, I don't want to be rude, but you did bring it up. Yeah, no, I I do. It's uh, axe murderer syndrome. Yeah. Oh, not that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that one. That one's hard. Them. That's the worst one. Yeah. I have dysthymia and maybe some other things. Oh, okay. Well, that's a tough one anyway, because it's kind of not severe, right? Dysthymia. You're kind of like, yeah, I'm not quite super. I'm in the middle. Um. Well, the way I understood it was that like my highs don't even meet like the average middle like the norm a normal person's like middle mm-hmm. so just all of my mood is way below all the time right yeah, all it the doesn't time. fluctuate it's right all the time yeah yeah so it took for a second like i was looking at you like i was thinking dyslexia oh so oh, yeah. yeah no cut that out <laughs> cut that out where i i stumbled and i was like what <laughs> what are you talking about You're taking meds for dyslexia That's what, is that? what there's meds for that <laughs> sorry it took me a minute dyslamia no. yeah yeah so there's some research that says that um the first time you take a medication it's there's a 50% chance it will work hmm. Only a 50% chance it will work. And then there's all those lovely side effects. And then the second time you try a med, it can be less. But sometimes people will try a medication, it doesn't work, and the doctor will switch it, and the next one does. So I don't know where that research comes from. But hmm. And there are people that will tell me they're taking, like, citalopram, and it works great. And somebody else will tell me citalopram was horrible, and they're taking Effexor. So you, everybody's chemistry is different. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I'm not a, I don't prescribe, but my clients tell me when they're taking things and what's happening. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, the first med you were on, you said it was giving you headaches quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, quite a lot of headaches. Oh, yeah. that's a bummer. Yeah. Okay. I'm so prone to them anyway, so. Headaches? I'm not surprised. Yeah, I wasn't surprised, but. Hmm. There's this thing called EMDR. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> tell us more about that. <laughs> well, so yeah, you were saying that they. That the therapist will hold up her fingers and they're... oh yeah, so it they they think that it's like a bilateral because now they have these things you hold one in the left hand and one in the right hand. E meter. <laughs> what what? An e meter. It's a Scientology thing. Yeah. Where they test. The... <laughs> I'm giving him a dirty look right now. He's being a wiener. He's being a wiener. <laughs> you can say it, Ryan. You said you'd be nice. I am being nice. He never said that. <laughs> Nobody promised me anything. <laughs> um, so there's one in each hand, and they will vibrate uh, in opposite. 
And you can also tap on people's knees or they can tap their arms like we call it the butterfly hug. Pinch pinch their nipples in alternate patterns. Yeah, you know what? Hardly nobody wants that one. Yeah. Hmm. That's you weird. You know, you do you, Dan. You do you. <laughs> Looking for a therapist who will pinch my nipples. Yeah, huh? that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> we can try it after the show. Okay, okay. I'm not a professional by any means, though. Well. But- I did just diagnose you, though. I just, we, we can just experiment. We'll do some science. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Matt, jump in, jump in. Save the show. Uh, I've already been through that with Dan. Uh, so, it, it, it does kind of work. You have a squirt bottle. That's what you do with cats. Mm-hmm. He crosses a line, and you just squirt it. So the EMDR, the, the, you can either they'll wave their fingers, you can hold something in the hands. Mm-hmm. What does it do, though? Oh, this is the part that made it very controversial is they don't know why they speculate that it's connecting the left and right brain, your emotions with your thoughts. But technically, that's not really how it is. Mm-hmm. You know, the left brain, right brain thing is not actually. A yeah, thing. Right. yeah, I've heard yeah. that. So it's yeah. I, I don't know. I know that um they've done. I think that we're up to 25 plus studies now that are showing it to be effective. So. Hmm. We don't really know why. I mean, it I works. mean, can't they study people while they're in a CAT scan doing this technique and kind of see what their brain is doing differently than others? Or uh, is... I have a degree in mental health counseling. Yeah, but I saw on that one doctor <laughs> show they used a CAT scan that shows you what their brain's doing. That like, real one time. doctor show, yeah, <laughs> called I think it was ER. Oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> so let's go. Let's let's go back. Well, let's start from the beginning. How did you? Well, first, so you you've gone through the secular therapist oh yeah i should thing. say they vet everybody i want to be very clear on this that they vet their therapist you can go to seculartherapy.org and they vet them so mm-hmm. i have um studied therapies i tell them exactly these are the therapies that i use and then they can look and see if they if those are evidence-based and mm-hmm. if there are trials showing that they're effective and i'm non-religious and my practice is non-religious and that's it there's three cra- Oh, a professional license that's you a good criteria. That's, that's a really good criteria. You know what? You're wrong again, Ryan. What? I feel like you're just batting a thousand here, my Why? friend. Why? I batting mean, I would zero. expect you to be a have a professional license in order to, to, to you, well, practice. So I went to grad school, and um, it did not teach me how to be a therapist. Okay. But I got my degree because that's required, and then I took a test, and I got my license, and then I learned how to do therapy by taking trainings. Mm. But can you practice therapy without a license? Technically, you are correct, Ryan. Okay. I'm like, wait. I'm like, wait here. I'm like, I'm confused for a second. I'm like, Cause, cause if you could do that, that's fucked up. I only went to grad school because I wanted to be a therapist because um, it's required. It's okay. required. So hmm. I got my degree and I got my license and then i learned how to do therapy after that okay have you lived in utah your whole life no Mm-mm. how long have you been in utah oh lots of years i moved here when i was 15 from los angeles california oh D- don't what brought you to utah from los angeles my parents well she was 15 oh yeah <laughs> Good job. Your parents, so your parents <laughs> moved out here from California for a job. Uh, was it with the LDS Church? Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was culture shock for me because this was back oh, yeah. in like 1977. Mm-hmm. So it was so small, and it was mostly religious, and um, it was really hard. It was culture shock. It was totally 
Like, what is happening here? Did you move to the Salt Lake area? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. So not as bad as, say, like Provo, Provo or Brigham City or, <laughs> and you know, anywhere outside of Salt Lake, really, <laughs> that could have been much worse. But um, so you came here when you were 15 and were you, are your parents non-religious? Did you grow up with any religion at all? My parents, I guess you would say, so my mom was raised LDS and my dad was not. And then to my mom wouldn't marry him, so he converted. Uh-huh. Yeah, because otherwise I, she can't get into the Celestial yeah. Kingdom. So. Right, right. Hear, we hear that story a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and they moved to California. So they were from here, and they moved to L.A. for my dad to get a job then. And um, my mom was pregnant with me, so I was born there. And they didn't go to church, and they drank coffee and Coke. <gasps> and they- <What> a scandal. <laughs> I'm confessing. <laughs> this was really hard for me. Um, so I didn't know most of the stuff about the LDS church until like that, that play came out, the one on Broadway. Uh, oh, Book the, of Mormon. Um, yeah. yeah. The Trey Parker one. Yeah. yeah. And then people were like, Oh, you get your own planet. And I'm like, what? I never heard that ever, but we weren't good Mormons. Ah. So it was very, my mom said she was, but we didn't pray. You know, we didn't read scriptures. I didn't really know. I'm always learning. Like, what? That's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. So you grew up non-religious. Pretty much. I mean, I, I, yeah. I got to say, like, there's stuff Mormons do that I'm like, I never did that. My mom let me wear a two-piece swimsuit and tank tops, and it wasn't a big deal in Southern California anyway um, for other more Because I knew who the other Mormon kids were at school, and nobody cared about a, a kid wearing a tank top or a two-piece swimsuit. Or It's a very different culture, and I have clients who come see me who are from... Arizona or from Southern California and they moved here and they come see me, they're LDS and they're like, it's really different here. The culture here is so different from where I grew up. So it is very different here. But I went to, I went to college and my first year in college, uh, I was talking to a, there was a, I was in a psych class. It's always a bad thing. (laughs) And they were talking about how you learn your beliefs and how you take those on. And they had said, um, I think I always kind of believed like, yeah, I'm Mormon. And then he talked about you either learn it, you just take it from your parents and you embrace it and you never question it or you question for yourself. And I just thought that's a really bad thing that I just accept it and I didn't explore or question it. Mm -hmm. Like I made that assumption. He didn't. I was like, whoa, that's not good. So then I, then I started questioning it. Yeah. Started wondering about the religion. You started uh, listening to your doubts. Yeah. Well, at what age did you start doing that? So I would have been 17, 18. Yeah. My first year in college. And just decided, wait a minute, I should think about these things that I've grown up just kind of vaguely believing my entire life. Right. There's a God and we're going to go to heaven, but not really us. Like we weren't. (laughs) We weren't going to the (laughs) celestial kingdom, but, you know, that was the plan. If we straightened up, I guess. But and so, are you atheist now? Yeah. So yes, I, I did the <laughs> I did the progression. I don't know if a lot of atheists do this. I want to know though. Hmm. Um, is like, oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't believe. I'm not doing religion. I don't 
first I'm non-religious and then I'm agnostic. Well, yeah, it's, and kind of go the, down that. Is that a path? Is that a thing? I think most. I think for most people, it is. Yeah, it's you know, well, okay, I don't believe in organized religion, but clearly there's still a God out mm-hmm. there who loves me and cares about me. And then it's well, maybe there isn't a God, but you know, to each his own. And some people believe, and some people don't. And or then it's there's a God, but he doesn't have anything to do with people. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it's no, there isn't that. And yeah, yeah. Then there's well, I'm starting to think that maybe there is no God. I could be convinced one way or the other. And then it's like, eh, no, I really don't believe in God, and I think religion is bullshit. And then yeah. there's there's this whole sliding scale of you know going from being super religiously pious to being one of God's castaways. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a kinder, gentler way to transition because you have to start dealing with, Oh, I'm, there's not a celestial kingdom or I'm not, there's not an afterlife. And I think that gradual transition while you're exploring things and trying to find meaning in your life or making meaning or what does this all mean? It's a nice progression because to just be like, yes, I believe in it. And then bam, I oh, think yeah. can be like, whoa, wait a minute. Well, I mean, it, it can be earth shattering for a lot mm-hmm. of people. I, I've mm-hmm. known several people who went from being like, you know, diehard, true blue, very devout Mormon people to being out and very vocal atheists within a week. And I'm like, that's, that's gotta fuck with you a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. It makes you wonder because I do have clients come in sometimes who say they're LDS and they see my shoulders and they will, <laughs> it, I've had clients say, not all of them, but say, I've like, got the weirdest boner right now. <laughs> <laughs> Behave, boys. Oh. Behave. All right, young men. Um, no, oddly enough, I don't know. It must be something wrong with my shoulders, but no one's ever said that. Oh. Uh, um, they'll start talking about like, I go to church every Sunday. I was married in the temple, but I don't really believe it, but I go for community or I go for my spouse. And so I wonder how many people actually it was percolating back there. Mm-hmm. And then they finally, sometimes clients will say it's really hard because I want to be authentic and I want to be who I am. And I can't tell people what to do. That's not my job. Mm-hmm. I just help them organize their thoughts and emotions and figure out how they feel and what their conflicting emotions are. Because believe it or not, we have conflicting emotions. Mm-hmm. We can feel two different emotions about one thing. So I just help them with that. But I don't ever guide them or direct them because that's not my job. But I'm surprised at how many people will say that to me. But, you know, I'm by, that's by no means a valid study. That's anecdotal. <laughs> I, I only had 20 people. I only, I only have 20 clients ever in my whole career. No, but you know, it's just what I experience really. Yeah. So, and I wonder maybe the really religious people are, are specifically requesting LDS therapists so they don't come yeah. to me. Yeah. They right? don't want that, that conflict be. in their right. life. Right. So or, I probably just don't run into those. There's probably mm-hmm. a ton of people who believe Mormonism and, they're just going to a Mormon therapist. Or they're yeah. just not seeing a therapist at all. They're, they're talking their to bishop. their bishop yeah. or yeah. stake president or yeah. relief society president. Somebody, somebody else people. in the church who who's just a really good listener. Yeah. Someone that won't give them shoulder boners. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I have a sweater in the car, Matt. I'll go get it. 
My name is Mandisa Thomas, and I am the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers Incorporated here in Atlanta, Georgia. You may find us at blacknonbelievers.org. You can also find me on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Mandisa Latifa. And you are listening to The Godless Revolution. My life has been a lie. God is dead. The government's lame. Thanksgiving is about killing Indians. Jesus wasn't born on Christmas. They moved the date. It was a pagan holiday. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. So you you started looking into into these different things within the LDS faith and decided, well, that's that's not really for me. That's not my bag. Right. And did you did you have to like announce to your parents, hey, I'm not religious anymore? Did you have to, did you have to, did, was there a coming out of you as a non-religious person? No, because my parents don't go to church and nobody prays and there is, isn't the term Jack Mormon when you, like they say they're Mormon. I don't, my dad yeah. doesn't even say he's Mormon anymore, but my mom always was like, I'm Mormon, but we didn't do family prayers. Like it was, it was Mormon light. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've actually had a friend get mad at me for calling him a Jack Mormon. I'm like, listen, you don't go to church. You drink coffee. You drink beer. You got two DUIs. You're not Mormon. You're Jack Mormon. He's like, I'm Mormon. I'm like, no, you're Jack Mormon. How you dare just- you tell me that I'm not Mormon? And I'm like, you're, you're culturally Mormon because your parents are Mormon. You live in a Mormon community, mm-hmm. but you yourself are not Mormon. You don't attend service. You don't do anything. You just. Oh, I think that's uh, huge though. Culturally being LDS. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing is they well, want to. like, cause I hear like a lot of times with Jewish communities. Well, I'm culturally Jewish, even though I don't practice the religion. Yeah. Yeah. And you can be culturally Mormon and not be Mormon because you were born and raised here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's this thing. Yeah. That. With people like that, though, to me, it kind of smacks of like, I don't really think it's important enough or I don't believe enough to do all the things I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to, I'm going to at least say that I'm that just in case I die or something unexpectedly. And then I can always say, well, I always said I was Mormon, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of bullshit. There's well, a, yeah, I think I, they, oh, oh, go ahead. Just well, a I lack just, of conviction. Yeah. I think they have a part of them that is still Mormon and it's this little kid part or this part that they grew up believing it and that they've never addressed that. But like, there's a part of me, I had a friend who said down, 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 deep in the tip of my toes, I'm still Mormon because <laughs> we're things would pop up, you know, mm-hmm. like I'll have clients come in and say, I, I feel really guilty about this. I'm not Mormon. I'm an atheist. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe in an afterlife, but I still feel guilty. And so we do work on that. Because that's a belief that you acquired as a child. That is some hardcore hardwiring in your brain. Those, yeah. That is hardwired in there that, you know, masturbating is bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, I went there. I said the N word. <laughs> now we're going to have to talk about the little factory and <laughs> the whole deal. Are you, unf- are you unfamiliar with the little factory? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the, the uh, church leader's name uh, who... Basically talked about your little factory and your, you know, he's, he's addressing a group of, of young men okay. saying that your little factory will keep running and doing its own business. And you, you shouldn't touch yourself because that is against, uh, Heavenly Father's plan. But your little factory sometimes will just keep running and take care of it all by itself through nocturnal emissions. And you shouldn't feel bad about that 
but you should always make sure that you are not doing anything to actually stimulate yourself and make that happen because that's masturbation. But if it happens in the middle of the night, that's just your little factory doing its job. You're making my brain hurt. (laughs) I think we should call a penis a penis. (laughs) Yeah. We should call your parts by your parts. Mm -hmm. We need to teach kids like this is your part. This is your penis and nobody gets to touch it but you. And if anybody does try to touch it, you come and tell me it's not okay. I mean, this is your body. It shouldn't be tied to shame or embarrassment or. Yeah. Well, and and there's so much shame that comes with religion. Just indoctrinated shame that, you know, sex is bad. You don't want to talk about your naughty bits, your your private parts, your secret special things about you, your hoo-hoo, your willy, your cha-cha. Your little <laughs> you factory. You don't, yeah, your little factory. You don't, <laughs> your you don't talk about those things to other people in polite company. Did you see the thing John Oliver did on that? If you call this a hoo-ha... You're not old enough to have sex. Oh. Or, no, maybe it was you're not mature enough. If you call yeah. this a hoo ha, yeah. you're not mature enough to have sex. It's hilarious. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just for the reason of teaching children um, how to how to protect them from being abused, I mm-hmm. think it's important that we talk about your body parts, but also it's your body. There's nothing to be ashamed mm-hmm. of. I get a lot of adults who come in for therapy who still have like guilt about masturbation even though logically they're like i'm non-religious but it's like yeah because it's hardwired it's ingrained in your brain that that's a bad thing they're still doing Mm -hmm. it though we just have guilt yeah you just you you just feel same same thing with true believing mormons and and everybody they're all doing it they just masturbate they They just feel pint of ice cream yeah like like all the missionaries that are out on missions right now at 18 19 20 years old None of them are doing that ever for two years. I had actually thousands of those of those young young men. I I had heard actually do not. Yeah, but I had also heard a story about a buddy said when he was on his mission, one of the other guys wasn't allowed to shower by himself because he was masturbating in the shower. So his his buddy had to sit in the bathroom with him while he was in the shower and listen to make sure he wasn't masturbating while in the shower by himself and. Because that was the only time he was basically in a room by himself. Otherwise, he wasn't allowed in a room by himself. Did that babysitter companion have to go to therapy for that? I was going to say, then you're just fucking up two people because there's someone in the shower that could possibly be jerking off sitting out there. (laughs) Yeah, and is and is trying to maybe yank it and knock it. And then if he is yanking it, what do you do? It's like, okay, do I go in there and stop him? Or and then somebody who's (laughs) who's sitting out there, like actively listening, was that a masturbation? Yeah, and what and what sounds is he listening for? Yeah, something like that. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they won't let him have soap in the shower anymore. And it, I don't know what was going on. But huh. he said, "Yeah, his, his 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 partner had to sit in the shower, not in the shower, but in the in the bathroom while he showered to make sure he wasn't his partner wasn't masturbating." Wow, that's why I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> all the guilt and all the trauma mm-hmm. and all the <sighs> shaming, but it's actually really sad. Like yeah, all what people aside, have gone through. Yeah. And feeling guilt about something that is not necessarily psychologically damaging. You know, it's like I tell people there's nothing in the psychology literature that says that masturbating is bad for you. Mm. And I don't think there's anything you would find in a medical book. No, everything that I've read about it says that it's actually very beneficial. That it can help that it can help reduce 
uh, cases of prostate, prostate cancer. Yeah. Um, stress. Yeah. Yeah. Stress. Stress is a big one. Um, but yeah, the, the, helps the no... hair on your palms come in faster. <laughs> 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 Might cause glaucoma, but mm-hmm. we're not entirely sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, I, I haven't, I mean, you can do it to excess. Sure, sure, but you can do but, anything to excess. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just because you masturbate doesn't mean you have an addiction. It, yeah. No. Addiction has very clear symptoms and guidelines. And so that's a little bit overused. And a lot of people have a fear of that. They'll come in and say that their son was masturbating and he's going to have an addiction. I'm like, not necessarily. Like, he's, well, he's a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, close the door. Don't open your teenage son's door and just walk in yeah no knock. knock and wait <laughs> <laughs> knock and ask for permission to enter yeah yeah because that can be traumatizing for both parties yeah <laughs> yeah so i walked in on my mom one day <laughs> um so how did that make you feel I've gotten, dan i've gotten totally no. off track here yeah, I was like, were you starting a, a role play there, or what was going on? <laughs> when you when people come to see you, is it something that uh, you have patients who come and see you for years and years on end, or is it what is the average time span for somebody? Yeah, who's uh, your most fucked up patient? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the average length of time for people moving in and out of therapy? Um, that's a tough one. So. No, people do not come for years and years. Usually they'll come in and maybe um, frequently people are depressed or they have a lot of anxiety. A lot of times they'll say, like, I'm really angry or I just don't care about anything or I procrastinate a lot um, or I'm just really unhappy. And some people will say, I wouldn't kill myself, but I would be okay if I if I died. Yeah. So that's pretty common. (laughs) That's where I am now. I'm going to give you my business card, Matt. Seriously. That's better than where he was. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's such a big improvement. Seriously? Oh, my gosh. Okay. But it's not, this show's not about me, though. I'm just, I was just cheering for that that position. Do you want me to do a session and everybody can watch and (laughs) learn? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. I was worried you guys were going to put me on the spot. Now we're putting now Matt I'm, on the spot. I'm putting Matt on the spot. You serious? You you want you want to? If that's what you want to do, we can do that. I think the I think the people would like to hear that. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if that's Especially ethically responsible of me. I think okay. he signed a waiver. Did he sign a waiver? Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, let me think about that while there, I finish. There's this the waiver. <laughs> yeah, these people can hear it. That's paper. <laughs> he signed it's, it's it. Written I, on I it. have a copy. Um, what were you asking me before I so rudely digressed or something? Oh, people that come in and see me. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, length of time. Uh, three months, six months. Um, people take breaks. You know, maybe they'll come in for six months and, or three months and they leave for a while. And then six months later, they might call me for a tune up or something else came up for them. But it depends on how much trauma they've had, how much, um, so if you had early childhood trauma or if you have, you guys know what attachment is? Connection, bonding to your parents. So you oh, have like to- Ed Gein. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fucking serial killers. Yeah, that 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 would be a healthy attachment, right? Well, <laughs> wearing uh, wearing human nipple vests around. Well, Ed Gein was very attached to his mother. Yes, he was Ugh. extremely. Okay, Break so was so was Edmund Kemper. 
So those would be examples of poor attachment oh, and early childhood trauma and what we call attachment trauma. So if one of your parents at least made you feel loved and met your physical and emotional needs, then you're going to be relatively have healthy attachment. Okay. So you're going to, you need that for your brain to grow and develop appropriately and for you to go through all the stages. And so it varies. You know, it's kind of on a spectrum and we might have anxious attachment or avoidant attachment or, but, um, people who have attachment issues might take longer or people who had a lot of trauma in childhood, like physical, sexual abuse, abandonment, um, neglect would need more therapy. Someone who had a single incident trauma, like you got in a car accident, all things being equal, if you were pretty health, had pretty healthy attachment, um, EMDR says six weeks if you just get in there and just do that and you just work on that single incident trauma. Most people have trauma from childhood that was unintended. Like um, my dad would say, are you an idiot? And so kids hear you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. So I grew up thinking, well, I'm an idiot. I'm not very smart. And so that's called a small T trauma where it's not like a car accident or a hurricane. Do you ever go back and be like, and you don't even know, you don't even know that I'm not a psychiatrist, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Who's an idiot now, yeah. dad? Um, no, I just figure he's 81, Yeah, you know, and times were different. I have a harder time with people who currently talk to their children that way right, because right. I'm like, hello, it's you 2018. Yeah. Right. Um, so now. You know, yeah. they did the best they could with what they were given in life. So, um, I, I've had therapy. Ah. I've done EMDR and ego state therapy. So I'm good. I'm good. EMDR and what was the other one? Ego state? Ego state therapy. So those are the two that I really like to use. That's a what lot. Trump is trying to create, right? The ego oh, state. Yeah. That's called uh, egomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an ego, uh, a yeah. huge one. He's yeah. a narcissist. You all know that, right? Yeah. You didn't need me to tell you because lots of other psychiatrists and psychologists have been announcing it. He really is. He's very scary to those oh. of us in the field. Because he's a true narcissist. That was pretty self-evident before he even ran for mm -hmm. office. I mean, just with his TV shows, how he named mm -hmm. everything after himself, mm -hmm. how he has to be the center of it all, even when he's not doing anything. Yeah, and they're bullies. Thin skin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they can do no wrong. Yep. And any mistake they make is just somebody else's fault. Mm -hmm. and my mom. Oh, uh, hmm. If your mom's a narcissist, <laughs> anyone in the room, I'm not looking at Matt, um, that causes early childhood trauma. Yeah, tell me about it. A, nar <laughs> a narcissistic mom cannot meet your emotional needs. Mm -mm. Not possible for them. So I actually have had a couple clients who had narcissistic moms, and um, they're, they're great to work with. Um, they're wonderful people. The narcissistic moms? No, 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 no. The, 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 the yeah, people great. I work with, I'm amazed at how resilient people are. Like when I hear the things that narcissistic parents do to their children, I'm amazed at how well these people are functioning. You know, they might not find joy you're a lot. You're so well adjusted. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, wow, you're resilient. You are a nice person. You're kind and caring and how did that happen it doesn't happen with everybody who has a narcissistic parent it's just amazing that they're not ed geening all over the place i know right or the trump children they're oh, yeah. all little clones of him uh, 
Well, there's the one daughter you never hear about. Tiffany, which, yeah. Yeah, which everybody, I heard someone speculate that maybe she's actually a Democrat who hates her father, so that's why she never shows up. Or just a decent human. Or a decent human being. So, yeah. I'm going to lean toward that. That's my guess that I can't really diagnose, but watching, like, I've seen her mother interviewed, and she seems like a genuinely nice, kind person, and she's not, like, extra superficial and with, like, lots of plastic surgery and makeup. Mm-hmm. And she just, when she was interviewed, she seemed really down to earth and really caring. Mm. And so I'll bet you Tiffany's healthier. And yeah. I think she spent all of her childhood growing up with her mom in California and he wrote checks. Hmm. So, Which makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's wasn't always talking about, you know, if she wasn't his daughter, he'd have sex. With yeah. Her right. Yeah. Man, oh, that's yeah. just creepy. so fucking creepy. I mean, if he's if he's saying that out loud in front of a camera, like, what did he do behind closed doors, right? And and what like is he if, thinking? If, like, yeah. like if these are the Whoa. things that he's actually saying out loud to what a are the camera that, that he knows is there. Yeah, it's what was it when they're both on that talk show and they ask, "What do you two have in common?" And she said, "Well, I like golf. I like yeah. to go golfing and stuff." And Trump goes, "Sex." I was going to say sex. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that he's ever harmed her that way, though. It, I think that that's just how oblivious he is to how creepy and inappropriate that is. Yeah. Perhaps. He's so arrogant that he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm amazing and I say nothing wrong and, you know, does not get how creepy he is. I'm sure she's had her share of therapy. Yeah. They can afford a lot of serious therapy. You would think that he, that he should go and get some therapy then. For- but that's the problem. And narcissists don't know that they don't think anything's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Narcissists don't go to therapy. And if they go, they quit going after about the third or fourth week, usually when the therapist figures out what's going on. And you tell them something they don't, they don't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You don't. You go with what you're picking up and not with what they're trying to portray. If you're not following their line, their story, then they're out. So they don't often seek therapy unless they're there to complain about how rude other people are. I think that happens very often. Hmm. I complain about rude people a lot. Hmm. Do you? Is everything Dan's fault? No, no, it's (laughs) it's mainly just... Yeah, yeah, it is. It's mainly just drivers on I-15 that don't know which lane they're in or how to use an exit or an on-ramp or off-ramp. I think you're unique in that. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody else is bothered by poor drivers. I know. That's that's about the only thing I complain about. I I complain about that all the time. Those people. (laughs) Yeah. The people who don't complain about driving, I'm sure they're the ones who are the shitty fucking drivers, right? Yep. They're like, did you see that guy use his blinker? How fucking dare he use his blinker? It's like, what? I I, I just should let you go in that lane because I know you're going there because you got your blinker on now. No, they're just they're just so Jeez. oblivious that they're not even they're not even relating it back to themselves at all. They're just driving yeah. however they want. And they don't. They're not. Nobody else is bothering them, so that doesn't ever come back. They don't think about it when how they're driving. Mm. I fucking hate drivers. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> this is really mild for me. <laughs> so what do you do in your regular day-to-day practice then? What, what, uh, you, are is it out in Grantsville where your practice is? Or? No, I have an office. What's your address? <laughs> 5284 South Commerce Drive. Super close to you guys. Oh, Super close to yeah. Dan. Yeah. Well, I, I work out close to where you live. No, that's not where I live. I, that's my office. Sorry. Well, no, in Grantsville. Oh, my! I live. God, just tell everybody. Yeah, no, you just said it. <laughs> don't creepy. St- that's her office, Grant- right? I was giving you my office address. 
I didn't give you your home address. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know what I'm talking about now. Ryan, you're so pretty. <laughs> you're That's here, a lie. You're here. You're here because you're pretty. <laughs> Right? You're the pretty one? Yeah. yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They brought me for the mustache. Let's not talk about where I live. I work. Yeah. I have an office in Murray, Utah. Okay. And I have an office. Hey, op- I know that place. <gasps> that's what I said. <laughs> when I saw your address, I was like, oh, it's super close to work. So um, I have an office right over there off the 53rd South exit of I-15. Nice. And I work, I have several therapists who work with me. And I also have an office in Tooele. And I have a couple therapists that work out there. Very nice. And you've been doing this for how long? I graduated in with my master's in 2005. So 13 years. Is that right? Yep. Ryan? Yep. Ryan? Don't ask yep, Ryan. 2005, 2018, 2015. That's 10 plus 3 for 2018. I don't carry ones anymore. Carry the one roundup and 13. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So that's how long. Well, so here in Utah, we've had, or we, not that we have had, we, we do have currently uh, really high rates of teen suicide. We do. What are your. What are your speculations, thoughts, conjectures about why that is here in Utah? Lack of masturbation. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, maybe. (laughs) Guilt over. Over masturbating. Well, they say depression is the number one reason that people commit suicide. Oh, you got to take that out. It can't say commit suicide. It's not committing because you're not committing a crime. You You are, though. It is illegal. Um, I'm staring you down. <laughs> Just because it's illegal doesn't mean it's Oh, okay. Right. You're talking about- okay. So we're layering on this- I see what you're saying. Like you're, you just committed a crime when somebody is feeling at their worst in their life and they're feeling so hopeless and so sad and in so much pain that they can't think of another way out. Mm-hmm. So let's have some compassion and not call it that they committed a crime. That's just horrible. Come on, man. This person was at their darkest moment. And then we say that. So we're supposed to say. They escaped. They took their. <laughs> they escaped. Matt, I'm seriously giving you my card. And, oh, dude. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to give you a hug. So funny. Dan, look at he's like not comfortable with that, is he? He's like, that's so funny. <laughs> We're not allowed to hug our clients. So yeah, I'm sure. If you come see me, because then, you, I won't then you'd hug be able you. to know if they had a shoulder boner. Oh. That's why. Yeah. That's the reason, right there. You are so smart. Thank you. You're on it, Matt. <laughs> So, what were so we talking about? Depression. I have no idea. So you, you call, oh, depression. You, you're yeah, not committing suicide, but uh, the term taking your life, taking killing life, okay. yourself, uh, ending your life. So depression, depression is what is the is the cause of that. But what what is the cause of so much depression here in Utah? Well. Nobody really knows the real answer. There's only speculation. So speculation. Can we say it's not the elevation? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that that whole excuse was, I thought, I've heard, bullshit. I've heard people try to use that. As yeah, a, I heard it too. Then I'm like, why aren't people in the Himalayas right. killing themselves more than people here? Or even so, Denver. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because Colorado, I don't even remember where it is on the list. Utah's like fifth on the list. Yeah, it's pretty We're high the fifth up highest. there. The number one is Montana. Wow. Hmm. For suicide? Yeah, yeah, yeah in it, the United States. Is it because it's per capita and Montana's lesly populated? Leslie? Less, Leslie? Less, po- less densely populated? All those Leslie's oh, out there. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Boost that IQ a little bit. <laughs> Thank Just you. Doing those words. <laughs> words are hard. They are. I saw a thing on your uh, Facebook, though, that said use more words or something. Like it was like words are great. Use more of them. Didn't you yeah. post that, Dan? Oh, yeah. Something about swearing. Uh, <laughs> what well, was in reference, but you just said words are great, use more of them or something. Yeah. I like to use do as you many read of your, them as I can. Do you read your Facebook? Because apparently I read it and you have no recollection. No, I, I, yeah, I remember making it probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to drum up more business. Dan's, yeah. Dan's an alcoholic. Dan, <laughs> Dan was on vacation typing out, I love you all. Oh, I was definitely drunk when I did that. But it's still true. Aww. <laughs> so that leads me to connection. Um, you were like, it's true. I do love you guys. If you have a sense of community and you have a sense of connection and you have close friends who you are happy with and you feel like love you and care about you, that that is huge. That's what we're all about, right? So people who feel isolated people who um so when people are leaving that's another thing if you're leaving your religion that's horrible because you just lost your community and some people lose their family and at best if you if you because i heard you down on a podcast talking about going to your family's event Mm -hmm. right and how they were all talking about their callings oh that's all yeah well that's all they talk about is church 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 so how do you feel do you feel a part of it do you know do you feel isolated I'm totally feeding yes. him stuff. Dan, <laughs> Dan, do you feel isolated? Yes. How else do I feel about That's it? That's not um, how I do therapy. This like, is not therapy. I don't do I therapy I even know as an EMT not to feed them that kind of stuff. No, yeah. Leading I, questions. <laughs> yeah. Leading questions. I don't do that in therapy. Just here with you guys. I don't necessarily feel isolated there, but I feel uh, excluded or or that it's less inclusive. It's a less inclusive environment. That's why I – so I always get – I always try to get them to change the subject to talk about something else other than what they've done at church for the last 40 fucking years of their lives. Like, do you not have anything else that you can talk to another human being about other than your religion? Right. So I think that happens to a lot of atheists Mm -hmm. and I don't think your family does it on purpose. That's just what they've always done. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody was Mormon and we all, this is our lives. Yeah. I don't, I don't figure that they do it, you know, Oh, well, there's, there's that atheist black sheep of the family. Let's all talk about church. No, it's just what they've always done. Right. I, I think they're not aware. So. Yeah. They're also not thinking about it either. Yeah. Like yeah. They're, they're not, they're not doing it, it to intentionally hurt you, but they, but they're also, they also don't care if they include you. They're not consciously thinking yeah. about how to, how to oh, yeah, accommodate yeah. you. Yeah. Right. They're just doing whatever the fuck they want. Like humans always do. Yeah. 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 They're Regardless just, they're doing, of outcome. Yeah. They're doing, yeah. they're doing their, Thing. thing. Yeah. We can be self-absorbed sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I put it much nicer than that. Because <laughs> I'm a therapist. And I'm a misanthrope. Are you a misanthrope? Did you hear that word, Ryan? Yeah. Misanthrope. Yeah. 
<laughs> I miss I miss my rope every once in a while too. Right. Like I go to go climbing, I can't find my rope. I'm like, where's my rope? I miss I'm a I'm a missing rope. We're gonna get you a little dictionary. Like, missing rope. Uh, Matt cares about everything. I know he loves everything in life. Matt is smart. Um, so I think that isolation is tough. So I think that the more community, so in Utah in general, I come across a lot of clients and people that I talk to who, um, when they're non LDS, they don't know where to go meet people. They don't know where to hang out. They don't know how to meet to date somebody or how to make friends because there's either the bar scene or church and there's not a lot in between. And so they Mm. struggle when they move here or when they leave the church to find a community. So I'd like to direct them to Atheists of Utah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yay. We do community stuff. I saw that. Coffee chats, beer nights, highway cleanups, camping trips. Volunteer opportunities. Yeah. Planned yeah. Parenthood, yeah. A lot of stuff. The food pantry. We try, we try to mix things up so that, you know, people of diverse backgrounds can have something to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say those kids feel isolated. Uh, you know, adolescence is a rough time. Your, your emotionality is huge. Your brain is changing a ton. And so that increases the emotions. And then you're thrown into that dark pit called high school. And there's a lot oh, of pressure. That was a fun place. There's a lot of pressure to be successful. My daughter came home from junior high and said, Mom, I have to choose a career and I have to go to career days and I'm 12. I don't know what I want to be. And I'm like, what are they doing over there? When I was 12, I wanted to be a movie star. <laughs> yeah, junior high for me was the worst. Fucking hated junior high. That's mm-hmm. often, well, I didn't, yeah. I didn't fucking, it was just of all of the different periods of school that I've attended, junior high was the worst. I always had sure. it kind of easy. Yeah. For, for like, like elementary school, I didn't realize I was retarded, but. <laughs> <laughs> Once I did, it explained so much. It did. Then I'm like, oh, can I go to normal classes now? I'm like, yeah, you're free. Go to normal classes. <laughs> And I did. I was already going to normal classes in high school. Leave your drool cup behind. It's yeah. fine. See, that's another thing, though. Like, you joke about it, but kids who have to go to special ed, mm-hmm. every kid in the school knows, and you are ostracized, and you are made fun of. And oh, yeah. You're one of the special well, ed what, kids. Yeah. I never remember getting made fun of for it, but I remember for, like, English and all the other kind of classes, like, I would be pulled out of, and even elementary school, where no one else gets pulled out of a classroom, I would be pulled out to go to do speech therapy. And everybody and knows else. you're getting pulled out for a reason, and it's yeah. not. A good one. And it's, it's not because good. you're super special and extra good at something. No, it was because yeah. I was extra bad at something. <laughs> yeah, but they, you know, I think that how the kid feels is huge too, because you know you're being pulled out because you're not up to snuff, you know? Oh, yeah. And then you feel bad, you know, that well, you're like, oh, man, I got to go because I'm But not- then I realized in middle school, I wasn't dumb. And I'm like, this class is fucking easy. So I didn't want to go to normal English classes or, or anything else. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> That's why, like in high school, I didn't. I I never did English classes. Actually, I did creative no. writing, uh, uh, drama. Pull the other one. I know. I didn't. I I, I I did one year of English in high school. That was it. Uh-huh. Why are you bragging? Because <laughs> I breezed through fucking school. Well, that's right, kids. You I all just can be as smart as Ryan if you don't want to apply yeah, yourself. <laughs> I just fucked off the whole time, did art classes, did drama, and just hang out. And now and he has a Corvette. Now I've got a so, Corvette. Well, I, I make s- good money. So there you go. I was going to say, and look at him now. He's sitting in a basement. Well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, but it's a good basement with no AC today. 
Yeah. <laughs> Couple days. It'll be fixed. It'll be fixed by next week. <laughs> I'm Bryce Barkenagle. Have you ever wondered if Joseph Smith was drugging the early Mormons? Turns out it might be possible when you have a fantastic congregation that is witnessing angels floating around in the rafters and think that the temple is on fire and they're running out in the snow and writhing around on the ground naked. Yeah, as it turns out, drugs might be the best explanation. Be sure to check out my Sunstone Symposium presentation on the Joseph Smith Entheogen Theory by punching that into any YouTube browser. And thank you so much for checking that out, and be sure to check out the Naked Mormonism podcast. This is the Godless Revolution. The Bible is terrific. Give it a read. It's got monsters and adventures. And, and hey, if you like torture porn, check out the Old Testament. Oh, man. Any Saw fans out there? Woo! Get the Old Testament. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. Yeah, so I didn't, yeah, I didn't well, fuck right. up. <laughs> All right. So, so lots of suicides here in Utah. Oh, yeah. Back yeah. to that. Um, yeah. So, like I said, they don't really know. So, the highest rate is white men, 45 to 54. Hmm. Raise your hands if you are a white man, 45 to 54. Keep an uh, eye on that guy. six months. Keep an eye on that guy. Okay. So, but also it's really high in teenagers. And once uh, one, one kid, they had a huge, um, horrible, a couple of years ago in Tooele where a lot of kids were, were taking their lives. One kid does it. And then it seems like a, like a viable option. And so it tends to be contagious. So they've mm-hmm. implemented programs like the school district. I think they got a grant, but or they've allotted some of their money to kids who are identified as struggling receiving therapy. The community kind of rallied and tried to provide a lot of supports, and they tried to educate the parents on the signs and what to look for. And um, we've we've come out of that run of having a lot of suicides. So I think partly it's you know where are they going to go. Uh, access to mental health. You have to have your parent, your parent take you. And a lot of people can't afford it. And the community mental health system is overrun. So when you call the community mental health system, when you call me, I, we figure out a time and I say, let's just have this appointment every week. And this is your time. And when you go there, they don't have enough therapists because they don't have enough money. Mm. So you get an appointment. And then they go, okay, well, we, we have another appointment for you like in six weeks. Well, that's not helpful. Yeah. What what am I going to do for six fucking weeks now that I've still got these issues that I still need some help with? I guess I'll just try not to off myself between now and my next appointment. Right. So it's not, that's not great. Yeah. The information about mental health, there's still a stigma about mental health. Um, I don't know if kids know where they can go and what they can do when they need to talk to somebody or they're struggling. And if their problem is a parent, then it's really, really problematic. Yeah, we can't talk to anybody without parental consent. That's huge in Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless you're the LDS church. Uh, can they? Well, when they're doing the interviews with the kids and they're talking about... But they have, they have parental consent for that, I think, don't they? I don't know. They don't, ha- they don't have to, though, do they? Uh, you can just go in. I think talk. you could just go in. And they can ask hmm. them very personal questions. I don't know. I don't know either for sure. 
I thought that was that recent fight with the LDS church with the parents saying, hey, you shouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be allowed to ask these kids these questions without their well, parents yeah, being present. Or, yeah, yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to interview these kids behind closed doors individually. Yeah, there should be somebody else there. Yeah, you shouldn't be asking them, you know, personal private questions about what they're doing with their own bodies at yeah. that age. Shaming them for it. That that's all really terrible. And it just, it opens the door for all kinds of abuse. And it brings you more business. I would rather not have that. I know, you'd rather not have it. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not promoting that. Thank you. Yeah, if you've been abused by your bishop, don't go see Regina. She'd rather not have (laughs) your business. No, that's not what I mean. Uh, No, 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 no. I would rather it not happen. Oh, I got you. Smart ass. All right. Um, no, I actually, I had a client come in who said that she went a year ago. She was struggling and she saw four different therapists who, once she told them everything at the end, said, I can't help you. You need to go to somebody who has more training and experience. And she was like, that felt like I'm so bad. Oh. And it felt yeah, so. Yeah, I'm so fucked up. Yeah. Like, these people yeah. are like, your problems are much too big for me. Yeah. Yeah. So she she had kind of told me a lot of things, and at the end, I said, so how do you want to move forward from here? Do you want to make another appointment? She's like, well, do you think you can help me? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's my job. Did, did that break your heart? I mean, just. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I can't imagine being in my most worst moment and being depressed and feeling hopeless and overwhelmed, and then the therapist going like, yeah, I can't help you. You're a hot mess. Nobody said you're a hot mess, but you know, they were like, yeah, I'm not qualified. And I'm thinking, well, then get qualified because who comes in and goes, I'm feeling pretty good. I just, (laughs) you know, I just would like to, I don't know. Why would you come to therapy if you were feeling pretty good? Just your fur tune up. But we're like doctors and dentists. Some of us are better than others. You know, I have to tell people that like, and you get to ask us questions. I can say, I'm not going to tell you, but then that informs you right there. Mm -hmm. You know, if you say, Hey, I I would like non-religious therapy. And I'm like, well, you don't need to know my religion or not. You get to choose. Right. But sometimes people don't understand that. Like you can request a male or a female. You can request your religion or a non-religion. You can ask for a different type of therapy. Like, do you do EMDR? So. Hmm. And, and you can say, and how many people have you used that with? Cause I was calling around trying to find an EMDR therapist for myself. And I called one woman and she had it on her website that she did EMDR. And I said, I want to do EMDR. And, um, she was like, okay, great. I can help you. And I said, okay, so how long have you been doing EMDR? And she said, oh, I don't really do it. I was like, it's on your website. Well, I put that on there because a lot of people are asking for it now. (laughs) And that's horrible for me to say about my own profession. But I was like, are you serious? She's like, you'll be my first patient. I know. Well, she had no intention of doing it. Oh, (laughs) really? So you show up expecting one kind of service and it's not even, it's not existent. So how arrogant is that, that you think you know better than me? But also that's not my job to tell you what you need. If Mm -hmm. you call me and you're like, I want cognitive behavior therapy, I'll say, you know, I, I obviously talk to people. Cognitive behavior therapy is talk therapy. So I obviously talk to you, but I really use EMDR and I use ego state therapy. And if you're really looking for somebody who does CBT specifically, I'm probably not the right person for you, you know? So 
good luck. And I'm not trying to trick <laughs> yeah. anybody, and I don't want anybody who doesn't want to be there. Oh yeah, you don't go to your dentist for a rhinoplasty, right? So I was, uh, I was totally shocked. It took me; it was so long to find a therapist, <laughs> and several of them had done the training. And I asked her; I said, "Why would you put that on your website?" Well, a lot of people want it, but you're not doing it. And she's like, well, until somebody can tell me why that bilateral stimulation thing works, I'm not doing it. I'm like, that's fine. Don't that's don't great. Website. Right. Just don't put it on your website then, honey. You don't have to do it. Nobody's making you, but don't. That's false advertisement. Yeah. You're misrepresenting yourself. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. Not all therapists are created equal. Well, yeah, that's that's got to be something that's really frustrating when you see people in your own field doing things like that. Um, so we're the three of us are all big fans of the Satanic Temple and a lot of the initiatives they do. One of them is an offshoot of the Satanic Temple uh, called Gray Faction, and they talk about uh, the Satanic Panic of the eighties and a lot of the mental health professionals who contributed to. Uh, you know, the, the locking up of these completely innocent people through, you know, gross, gross misuse of different types of therapy, uh, in talking to children and, you know, leading them along and, you know, these supposed repressed memories and, and all of this other stuff that these people are still licensed practicing clinicians who still believe in things like, you know, Manchurian candidates and satanic ritual abuse and satanic sacrifice and that, you know, you can control people's minds through various little, little ticks and tricks yeah. and different things. And that's what the, the one, the one boy, Jude Mira, that was eight years old that they brought him in and they held his hands as he wrote. The kid was not, he couldn't speak. He was, uh, I can't remember what he had. He was, uh, I can't severely remember what autistic. Yeah. Mm. And would write it out, and then the doctor like, "Oh yeah," he says, "When he wasn't in your in your care of the mother, he was raped and and molested by Satanists and the devil, and they did all these satanic rituals with them. And your son is not autistic; your son is possessed by demons. So she killed him. Wow. Yeah. So wow. I, that's got to be something that is frustrating for somebody in the field to see. That kind of thing going on. Oh, yeah. Very frustrating. Especially, I, I even told this woman, I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. And she still, and I was like, and I do EMDR and I'm looking for EMDR. And she still tried to get me to come in. <laughs> and I'm like, no. And then she said, no, really, I know I can help you. I'm like, wow, really? I told you I'm a therapist and I told you I do EMDR therapy. So first off, you have rights as a client. Uh -huh. You know, you have rights. When you call me, you should interview me. And you should mm. ask me questions and you should decide, like, I'm not in charge of you. You need to maintain your autonomy and you decide in the end, you know, I'm not in charge. I don't get to tell you what to do. That's not my job. And it shouldn't be. Yeah. I should very much be listening to what you want. I can help you organize your thoughts and emotions. I can ask you questions, but I can't tell you what to do. So to tell me what I'm specifically saying, this is what I want, to be like, oh, I can help you. And she had no intention of doing EMDR. I was just mm. amazed. It just blows my mind. So, yeah, we get we get a bad rap sometimes. I get a lot of people going, uh, so uh, what is this? Like, you're not going to do that memory thing, right? Like the thing where I implant memories. 
<laughs> no, no, I don't even tell people if they have a memory come up and they're like, I think that I was abused. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you were abused. You know, I'm not going to tell you, oh yeah. And they're like, well, this and this happened and I feel this way. And I'm like, okay. What do you think? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if you were abused. Maybe you'll remember. Maybe you won't. I don't know. But memories from childhood, like memories disintegrate. You know what I mean? So that's kind of rough too. And you might not ever find out for sure who did it. You know, I have, if a client of mine remembers they were sexually abused, oh, you know, I had one that was like, I can't see the face. And I, she's like, I feel really, really young. And I don't know. I don't know, but I was really young and I can't see the face. I'm like, all right, well, there you go. That's all you're going to get. So we have to work with that. So yeah, I don't ever try to say what I think happened. Yeah. Well, and that, I mean, you don't want to tell your patients, like, like you don't want to lead them to a conclusion mm-hmm. that they're not getting on their own, right? You want to help them, like you said, organize their thoughts more clearly and mm-hmm. maybe give them tips and hints on how to handle different situations and stuff. But you're not yeah. going to tell them, well, I think you have to do this or you, you know, this is based on what you've told me here. It's clear that this probably happened in your past and we should work on that when it's mm-hmm. something that they've never even expressed. No, there's a, um, one of the, one of the people I studied from, she talked about that, um, had a, she had a client who remembered being sexually abused and, and she said, I saw my dad's face really, really angry. I think my dad sexually abused me. And she was like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know what happened. You'll, we'll have to see if you have any more memories or if anything else happens and came back the next week and they were working on it and it wasn't her dad, it was that her dad had walked in and found her being sexually abused and he was really, really pissed. Mm. So she remembered his really angry face and she thought she was in trouble. But when she actually finished recalling the whole thing, her dad didn't sexually abuse her. But that was her initial, like, oh, I wonder if my dad sexually abused me. Like, I remember being abused and then seeing my dad's really angry face. So I'm like, nope, not, nope, I'm not taking any guesses. Yeah. You just Mm. don't know. Yeah, it's weird how people's memories can be so muddy and confused. Corrupted. <laughs> later, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, you know, I can remember sitting around talking to my sister or my cousins or other people about, you know, different experiences we had when we were young and different things we would go and do. And it's like we all had completely different memories of specific areas and what we would do when we went there. You know, and some of the things meshed and some didn't. And, and it was like, oh, yeah, I remember we'd go here and we would do this. And it's like. I don't remember that at all. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. And their memories of it were so vivid. And mm-hmm. and then and vice versa when you're talking about other other things and other situations. Oh, I can't remember what I did last week. <laughs> Stop smoking the, the weed. I don't smoke weed. I'm a federal employee. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Ryan. <laughs> I wish I could, though. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So you want to be really careful about interviewing your potential therapist. Okay. That's what I have to say. And you have rights and you're in charge. It's your therapy. So is everybody at your, um, is it a facility or facility? Yeah. yeah. What, how do you refer to it? Uh, facility sounds good. At your um, little thing that you do. My little thing, my little counseling center that I do. Yeah. Are they all secular I don't know therapists what that accent was. or are they all what? Secular therapists. 
Yes, I, and I require that they all have, they're all trained in EMDR to work with me and they cannot use any religion as a therapeutic intervention. If somebody comes in and they want to talk about their religion or their beliefs, that's fine. That's, Mm -hmm. that's you. You're in charge. You could talk about what you want, but I can't use any spiritual or therapeutic. You can't put them on a prayer regimen to help fix their problems. I will fire you, Ryan. Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna tell them, oh, well, I will put your name on the prayer roll in, in the temple and everything will be fine. Well, so I'm a therapist. Mm. I feel like your spiritual leader can do that for you. If mm. you're coming to me, you want some, some real help, actual some help. Deeper. You want some <laughs> psychological help, not spiritual help. If mm. you wanted spiritual help, you would go to your spiritual leader, right? Yeah. So if I'm, it's like you were talking about rhinoplasty. You know, yeah. When you're coming to me, I'm a therapist. I'm not going to talk to you about religion because that's none of my business. I'm mm-hmm. not a religious leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I am bothered by people who should probably go and see a therapist who who are are in need of seeing somebody with some mental health professional qualifications who go and see a lay clergy person who has not only no training in any mental health areas or fields, but really no training in even the job that they're currently holding. You know, they, they have no formal education in theology or uh, any of the tenets and core beliefs of the faith. It's just their own interpretation and what they've been taught their entire lives. And then they hold this calling and then people look to them as this great authority and spiritual leader when it's, a, so it's just some fucking guy. <laughs> it's yeah. it's some fucking guy who lives on the same street as you, who pays his tithing on time and had nothing better to do with his <laughs> with his life than be a quote unquote spiritual leader in your chosen faith. Well, I'm not gonna lie; it bugs me that I had to get a master's degree. That cost yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had to pay a lot of money and spend a lot of time in in college classes. And then I've paid a lot of money to be trained in EMDR and ego state therapy and every other training that I've had. I have to pay a ton of money. I have to pay for a license every two years. I have to have 40 continuing CEUs, uh, continuing education hours. Um, How come you get to do my job and you don't have to have any of that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because they're going to do it really poorly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You get what you pay for, Dan. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But, but still though, I mean, so what if you what if you hired somebody for your facility that has the same qualifications as a bishop that that just has no school, no certifications, no training? I would nothing. lose my license. Right. So what the fuck? Why doesn't the government care about that? Cuz they protect religious yeah. rights. They're protecting yeah. religious, religious rights. Privilege. Yeah. Privilege. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're turning yeah. But, you know, people are informed. They know. I think if you're a religion and you decide that's the direction you want to go, you're an adult. I let you make your decisions. But I don't, I don't think it's, it's fair to those of, of us who have. Yeah. I would, to. I would maybe disagree with that too. That yeah. People are informed. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people, particularly here in Utah, members of the predominant faith aren't well informed. You know, they're super naive. Yeah. yeah they, they, they may seem informed. I'm trying to, they're oh. fucking ignorant. <laughs> they just, you know, they don't know what they don't know. 
and it's and it's not even necessarily their fault it's just that any of those thoughts have never even occurred to them like it's like i say they don't know what they don't know so they don't they don't know that you know their bishop is just some fucking dude who has no formal training he's been called by God to serve yeah. as this ecclesiastical leader, so clearly he's got to know his shit, right? Okay, so actually now you're making me think. You're making me think, you guys. Uh-oh. <laughs> we don't like doing that. Trouble. But actually I was thinking like, oh yeah, wait a minute. A lot of people don't understand what therapy is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, I had somebody call me and say, hey, um, I need I need a therapist. I really, I'm really upset and I really need to vent. That's not, that's, that's what your friends are for. <laughs> I hear you. That's what, and I was like, okay, yeah, but also I have, I have a plan. Like I know how to do actual psychotherapy that will help you not just come and vent to me. Cause really you vent to your friends and I didn't tell her not to come, you know, I'm of course like going to, well, I want to see what that means uh-huh. and maybe like do some informing about how therapy works and what it is. And I like to talk to people on the phone first, say, Hey, like, what are you looking for? And this is where I'm coming from. And I like to make sure that before they spend their money, that they know what they're getting. So, you know, I'll say, well, what do you mean by vent? And tell me what's going on with you. And let's see if we're a good fit and ask me questions. Cause I don't want you coming in and dropping money. And then you're like, this was a big fat waste of my time. And I don't Mm. want to, put you out or have you be like, you know, I just wasted my money and my time. So I like to talk to people on the phone first and really kind of inform them about this is what the process looks like. We're not going to be just chatting because you could do that with anybody. You do it with these guys all the time. Mm-hmm. Just this talking. is my therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? They're my doctors. <laughs> it's cathartic. It can be, it actually, it can be I'm sure it, I'm yeah. sure it is. And having, because you're like-minded, right? Yeah. And so we we, we argue sometimes. Yeah, we do sometimes. Yeah, mostly, but even mostly then, me fun. and Ryan. <laughs> you and Ryan do you more more than any of the other combinations. No, I, don't, I don't argue with Ryan. I always agree with him. <laughs> even you don't agree with Ryan all the time. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so consistent. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, try to keep this together. Where were we? Well, so let's explore that a little bit more. You say that a lot of people don't really even know what therapy is. What? Yeah. What is therapy for those who don't? Oh, gosh. That's a really good question. I should have prepared something. <laughs> <laughs> wait, do we know a therapist? We should call Do him. we know one? Oh, wait, oh, can you maybe, hold on? Hang on? Can I get a lifeline? I'd like to call somebody. I'd like Phone to call Dr. Vander Kolk. <laughs> oh, I heard he's very good at what he does. I know, but right? he's a little controversial. He's yeah. a little controversial. He's a little... He'll say he's egotistical. He's got a big ego. Mm. But he's smart. Okay. Anyway, uh, you can just cut that all out. <laughs> we don't edit. You don't? Well, Dan, well, there's a Dan, there's please, a man, you promised. <laughs> there goes my business. Um, so basically, usually people come in, I don't know what to do. Like, I know the first time I went to therapy, I was really unhappy, but I didn't know why. And I kept thinking, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. I got an appointment coming up and I couldn't figure it out. And I thought I had to know. No, you don't have to know. It's my job to ask you questions. And it's, I know how to ask questions. I know what questions to ask. And then I know what to do when you're conflicted. I know things to have you do or questions to ask you. Um, there are 
There are lots of therapies and there are two really good ones that I prefer. And I have found them to be really effective in helping people figure out this is how I feel and this is why I feel this way. And this is what I need to do or go back and repair some trauma from your childhood or from last week, you know, from 26th, November 2016. <laughs> that was the day of my trauma. <laughs> I had a lot of clients come in after that a lot wow. that were already clients that came in and said, I am so depressed. Like mm -hmm. that was a phenomenon. It was so crazy. And my colleagues and I were all like, I had so many of my clients come in and say, I'm so depressed. I can't believe Trump won. We were just amazed at how many of our clients came in depressed and just like, oh, I don't even know what to do. This is horrible. Have you had so. anybody come in since the election and just be like, I can't, I can't fucking take it anymore. It's every day. It's every day. There's some horrible news coming from this fucking administration. And I just, I can't do it. I can't, I can't take it anymore. So you have a part of you that, that can't take it. I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Dan pays a lot closer attention than your average person too, though. Yeah. So. I, yeah. I've like the last week I, I, I was in Palm Springs for a week and watched like, no news and was hardly on social media at all. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It was so rejuvenating. <laughs> there you go. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. But now I feel like I need to catch up on everything that I missed over the last week. Oh, I know. I take breaks from the media because yeah. it gets really depressing. And then I'm like, Oh, what's been happening? And I want to catch up, um, which catching up is better than watching it day to day. Yeah. But I think it depends on your filter. It also, like, there's a part of you that wants to give up, right? So when you say give up, what do you mean? Oh, just not do any of it anymore. Not, not follow, you know, not watch the news, not protest, not post anything, not talk to anybody about it. Just like, fuck yeah. it. It's going to happen whether I'm part of it or not. Yeah. You just, you feel like, uh, what you're doing is use, is useless. You feel it's a, it's a, it's a sense of helplessness for sure. Mm -hmm. Like you just feel like nothing you're doing is making any change. Nothing is helping. All you're doing is arguing with people that are assholes and or you're alienating friends that you may have disagreements with. And it's just like, it's not worth it. It's not worth my fucking time. Yeah. But you said you have a part of you that wants to give up. But you're not yet. So is there another part of you that doesn't want to give up? Oh, sure. Cause I'm just really pissed off about it. <laughs> <laughs> anger is my motivator. Oh, anger works. Anger motivates us. That's a great emotion to motivate us. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you get angry or I get angry at a bunch of the things that I see going on, but a lot of that anger is born from frustration out of, you know, actually caring about the people that are being harmed. And then being angry at the people who are doing the harm and angry at the people who are doing nothing about these other people who are harming these people. So you would be angry at yourself if you didn't do anything? Yeah. Yeah. And underneath oh, your- Oh, wow. Uh -huh. <laughs> wow, so, so I didn't tell you. I just asked you questions and I listened to you and then I reflected back to you what you said. And you, yeah. you acted, you were like, whoa, but I didn't do that. You did. Yeah. I just asked you questions. High five me, Ryan. Don't let me hear <laughs> Yeah, so Dan got a session. Now I can go home and kill myself like I planned. Oh, oh Just kidding. Matt, I don't have plans. Is there a part of you that's jealous? See, all you got to do is what no. I do. I like watching funny animal videos interjected with listening to news. 
you know what? You really can take a break and watch funny stuff or uplifting stuff or look for people who are doing something good and who are making a difference and donate to that cause. Oh, yeah. Because it's really all about the money. That's my political view. That's why I this like is watching, not me yeah. as a therapist. Oh. This is me as a person saying, put your money where your mouth is, man. I donate oh, yeah. to all kinds of organizations because I don't have time to. I mean, I march. I have my pink uterus hat. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when I get sad, though, is when I watch the uh, the pause rescue videos and they rescue the dogs. Because it's so sad about where the dogs came from. But it's happy at the end when the dog's all happy. But sometimes the dogs die. And that's sad. That's sad. Watch a different video. That gives video. Ryan a sad face. Oh, Ryan, I'm sad. But I watch him expecting a good ending, like, yay, the puppy's all good, how and you got I, a new family. But then when I, one dies, I, like, oh, wait, that's not cool. How come, like, I just give you crap for some reason, and then with Dan, I'm like, Dan, tell me about the part of you. <laughs> but, like, I'm like, well, pick a different video, dumbass. I know. Well, I know. I think Ryan's, like, searching to try to find some trauma, and that, like, sad puppy videos is what he could come up with. It's like, this is a little puppy, and he died, and I'm like, man up. And that made me sad. I'm sorry, Whoa. Ryan. I don't know what it is, Ryan, about you. I'm sorry. I don't know. Nobody. I mean, I'm a hard one to crack. I did have to go see a clinical psychologist one time, court-ordered. Oh, and he made me draw a lot of stuff. <laughs> that wasn't a real therapist, Dan. I mean, t- well, Ryan, it was it was Ryan. a clinical psychologist. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, we can have you. But can draw. He, like, like he made me. Well, I had to take like a like an 800 question test. Oh, you were being assessed. Yeah. Then I had to do. I had to like draw a house. I had to draw a tree. Draw. Uh, tree draw person? a man. Draw house a woman. tree person. Yeah. House that tree whole- sun person. Snake. I didn't snake. There's a house tree person. There's one that's house tree person. The fuck is a house snake. tree person? Oh, I don't think I had to draw a snake. Well, they're different. They're house okay. tree person's the basic one. You know? Okay. It says a lot about you. Or it that's can. What, that's what I'm like. That's what I'm drawing. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, I just draw. I don't know what this is saying uh, about You were me. being assessed. That wasn't psychotherapy. That was an assessment. No, well, it was court ordered. So he, he did that. Then like the second, then when I kept going back, then he would sit down and ask me all these questions and figured out if I was telling the truth or lying to him. And okay. Yeah, at the end, he said, no, he's telling me the truth and the medications he took. This is when I had my sleepwalking incident mm. uh, with Ambien where the cops, I was arrested for, they said, uh, a suspicion of narcotic use, criminal trespassing and attempted vehicle burglary. <laughs> um, because you Ambien's were sleepwalking? A hell of a drug. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was in my, apparently I, I was, I went to a neighbor's house uh, and told him to get the fuck out of my house. That's a legal drug that your doctor can prescribe you. Uh, yeah, except for I got it from a friend. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> um, well, I was looking at going to jail, and they said, hey, if he goes and sees a, psych- a clinical psychologist, and the clinical psychologist will give a good read thing, we'll drop the charges. And I okay. go and pay $3,000 to a clinical oh, psychologist. Oh, yeah. And he comes out and says, yeah, the police report is exactly describing the side effects of the medication he took. He doesn't show any signs of trying to lie or deceive me and all that kind of stuff. And then brought that back to the prosecuting attorney and said, nope, we're still pushing, pushing this. It's like, you motherfucker. And it only cost you $3,000. Yeah, that was a that was a bargain. Get out of free, get out of jail $3,000, not free. Oh, no, it cost me, well, at at the end, all my, I ended up spending right around six grand at the end for everything to get a, to get a $150 fine. I do not charge that much. Yeah. (laughs) When I found out how much the guy charged it and I was. 
to get out of a hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> Well, that was to drop the charges because original charges were looking at a $3,000 fine and one year in jail. Does he have a story like this for everything? Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of stories. (laughs) So I ended up, I ended up getting everything knocked down to a minor infraction of disorderly conduct, which came with a $150 fine. He's really good at making short stories long. (laughs) I didn't say it was short. (laughs) You want to hear a long one? Nope. (laughs) Uh, All right. So. Yeah. That was a good story. <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't a therapist, no. But I figured, that was, well, it, that was a therapist. I mean, I'm sure that that person can practice therapy. And you said that he, he or she did meet with you a couple times. Yeah, I, I think it was. But I it was about more three times. The first time was doing the questions and the drawings. Yeah. Psychologists a lot do assessments. Uh, master's levels, we don't do a lot of assessments, but um, we don't do the tests and the assessments. Psychologists do those, but psychologists okay. can do therapy also. They can do it all. They can do it all. PhDs. So think. Hi, this is Dr. Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God, and you are listening to Godless Revolution. We're going to take it, and we're going to take it hard, and we're going to take it strong, and I will work with overwhelming force. Everything in the butt. Hey. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. I'm still tripping out about you making me realize that I would be mad at myself if I didn't do this stuff. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm just over here fucking thinking about it. Now it's going to be on my mind all night long. Like, But that's a good thing. And yeah. your anger, usually anger covers up pain. So when people are angry, I'm like, okay, well, let's figure out there's a positive intention for your anger. It's usually to protect you from something. And it's often pain, pain or sadness or grief or, you know, so it's like, well, anger is great because it tells us, it informs us, but it's not the whole story. Yeah. It's probably the reason why you will always be on the board for Atheist Utah. (sighs) Trying to make the world a better place. Yeah. It'd be great if more people would <laughs> would want to help out with that. It'd be awesome. Uh, uh, so what? Okay. <laughs> would you like me to continue questioning you about your your situation? Oh, if you would, if you want to, but I, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, but you you've mentioned a couple times now that you do the EDRM, and there was the EMDR oh, and EMDR. ego state. So I just did a little bit of ego state with you, kind of, where I was like, so you have a part of you. Uh-huh. That is angry and wants to give up. But you have another part of you because you haven't given up. What's the other part? And you're like, well, people don't care and I care and I would be mad at myself if I quit caring and I quit trying. So, yeah, I I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Like, as much as I want to just take a break from all of it, I know that I wouldn't actually be able to do it. And then it would be that by the time I came to the realization of, well, fuck now I I just, I, I can't not be in it. So I've got to get back in it. And then it would be catching up on all of that, that I've missed or working to repair things that had fallen into disrepair or disuse because I wasn't there. Yeah. While I was gone, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which has happened before with like atheists of Utah board, excuse me. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I get really tired mm-hmm. and I need a break. Mm-hmm. But then I know that if I take too long a break, it will be more work by the time I return to doing whatever. So the part of you that knows that you need to take a break, do you listen to that part? 
Well, in that I acknowledge it exists, and then I push it down into a box and then <laughs> crush it. <laughs> and then it falls off the shelf and hits you in the head, and then you're like, Ow. yeah, every now, and then, yeah, every now and then it's just like, all right, today, fuck it, I'm just gonna do nothing, nothing at all. I'm just gonna sit on the couch and watch movies. Or does that restore you? Yes, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just taking a break from. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes yeah. I just get tired of arguing with people. Sometimes I really enjoy arguing with people, <laughs> mm-hmm. and other times I'm just like, need a nap. Yeah, just need a break. Mm-hmm. You get tired of having the same arguments. If it were the same person, it would probably be worse. But you know, just having the same argument with different people all the time. And yeah. so, why do you have those arguments? What's your purpose? What's your positive intent by arguing with people? To get them to see the harms in some of the things either they're doing or they're allowing to happen or that they just don't even know about. Mm-hmm. And I say argue with people. Usually, I mean, I try not to argue with people specifically, but I give as well as I get, I guess, would be the proper way to say that. Like, I don't, I don't storm into somebody's house and shit on their coffee table. But if somebody comes into my house and shits on the coffee table, I'm going to let them know that's unacceptable. Well, it seems to me like when I see you online with all this stuff, you're doing exactly what's going on right here. You take what they're saying and ask them questions. Well, why do you believe that? Yeah. Well, you said this, but we know truly that, that that's completely false. So why do you still believe that? Yeah. And yeah, I try to use the Socratic method as much as possible online with when I'm interacting with somebody, especially if I either don't know what they're saying or I disagree with them and I want to understand why they think the way they do. Uh-huh. Um, that helps and it makes it less contentious mm-hmm. rather than just saying, well, you're wrong and here's why and you're a stupid head. And right. Although it does seem to end a lot of times with people calling you an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, which is really weird because when it, when that happens, it's like, conversation's going along great and we're having a decent conversation i'm asking questions and everything's flowing along fine and then at one point it's just like boom i don't know what like i once you've exposed them to the yeah like i've said something that has just tripped them up or made them really angry and it goes from like oh yeah this is a good conversation that's flowing along really well to fuck you dan i'm gonna destroy you so it could be that you've they've gotten kind of backed into a corner, so to speak. Like oh, yeah. You're asking them these logical questions or you're saying like, well, what about this? What about that? And people can get angry and defensive when they start realizing like, wait a minute. I might be losing. I might not be winning this argument. And, oh, this does not feel good. This does not feel you're shaking my my ground that mm-hmm. I walk on. And so that could be why they react. Um, so vehemently, I would guess that you've probably found struck a, f- a nerve. Yeah, yeah. Struck a nerve and they're, now you're, now they're just defending themselves because they're like, oh no, instead of being like, wait a minute, they're going to lash out in anger to protect themselves from the pain or mm-hmm. like, oops, I just got busted or, oh, whoops, that's going here, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I understand there's a, there's at least a small amount of discomfort in realizing that something you've held dear or that you've believed unquestioningly for so long when 
it's called into question and you can see why why another person would would take issue with it or or would maybe not believe the same thing that you believe and it's like oh well that's that's you're you're you've shaken the foundation of a lot of the things that i believe and that's really disconcerting and as a way to protect myself i'm going to lash out and be very angry yeah and i see that a lot yeah i personally um do not feel threatened by somebody's religion and i'm happy to have you do you if you believe in a religion that's up to you. I just don't want you making laws that make me obey your religion. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I, you yeah. do you, man. I respect you. You're an adult. You get to make choices. That's what we're all about here, supposedly, is freedom. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with that. I don't try to bring anybody over to the dark side, but I also do resent when religion is foisted upon me by making it law. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like. And they can't fucking help it, can they? Yeah. Every yeah. time they get a little bit of power, they push it as far as they possibly fucking can. Well, so. I wonder how much of that is you need validation for what you believe in. By Like, why would you ever impose your beliefs on another person? I don't understand that because I wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's hard for me to get because I'm like, live and let live, you know, like you do you. I'm happy for you. I don't understand why well, the religious people want to. But what do you care if I... What become ashes or because I well, they, they, because they, they need they to fulfill always, yeah, the they, biblical prophecies in order for Jesus to return and make everything whole on earth. And if people aren't believing in their Bible and listening to their religion, Jesus isn't going to come back. So everybody better fucking listen. Well, and there, you know, I, I hear a few different reasons from people about why they do it. You know, one is well, it's because I love and care about you as a yeah. as a person, and I don't want to see you be tortured for all eternity in hell. And even if that's my choice. Even well, if I, as an adult with autonomy, choose to live that way? There's a bit of self-selecting going on, too, though, right? Because fundamentalism is not for live and let live types. Right. No. Right. So people gravitate towards fundamentalism when they want to force you. Right. So the, all the people that are like, eh, whatever, are already not religious-y. They're kind of wooey or whatever. They're, that's fine. I don't care. They're liberal theists. Mm -hmm. You know, so. You think there's something in religion that speaks to people who are controlling? Fundamentalism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dogma and, and strict, you know, black and white thinking and, and that kind of fundamentalism. Yeah. And that, and then that, that control that goes with it, you know, like they've given up their whole life to, you know, licking the boots and they want their turn, you know? It, it, it makes me think of parenting. Yeah. Um, where what I find is when parents are very controlling, their kids rebel like crazy. Mm -hmm. But when you teach your children, you know, how to be a good person and how to think and how to think about how other people feel and think through your problems and follow that line to its conclusion and kind of figure out like which way you want to go and to be say, a compassionate, empathetic person. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then just like how to problem solve and how to cope in life. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't control my kids a lot. I don't think they're not here. So I did not control them. <laughs> <laughs> I was a great parent. Um, so those kids tend to do better than the kids who are controlled and just taught, told what to do. At least this is anecdotal for me. I see a lot of kids with, um, strict parenting that tend to rebel a lot and get into like a lot, a lot of trouble that, um, 
it, so I don't, I don't think I, somebody should do research yeah. on this. Well, I feel like my parents kind of let me explore on my own. Well, like, there I goes didn't go, my theory. Well, I didn't grow up in a religious household at all. <laughs> You're a hot mess. <laughs> what? I'm, there I'm, goes my theory. They'll be it's fine. It's a hot mess because there's no air conditioning in here right oh, now. Oh my God. It's like a sauna in here. <laughs> but no, like, uh, yeah, I never grew up with religion at all. And uh, when I first like realized I knew about religion, knew about it. I went to some of my friends' churches with them, and then I realized, oh, shit, like, you guys believe this is real. Like, you actually believe this is true. Like, now I'm like, okay, now this is weird. (laughs) I thought you just went to these places. Yeah, it's a good old story. I didn't know you actually fucking believed it. Yeah, but didn't you just say that you were arrested (laughs) and you almost went to jail? Yeah. Well, I believe that. (laughs) You're you're your own For worst argument. I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I had no I never, religion. I almost went to jail one time. Well, yeah, but I know I know religious people who did go to jail. Okay. See, there you go. <laughs> There's fewer atheists in jail than there. Yeah. Did you make it's that a, up? No, I That's thought true. I thought the it was like less than one percent of people in prison uh, consider themselves atheists. I yeah. run across that. I guess we all do that. Um, atheists. When I meet atheists, when they come to therapy or just I meet them, they tend to be people who want to be a good person. They're like, I want to be a good person oh, yeah. and I want to be authentic and I want to be compassionate. And they just want to. It's mm. not because God said they should. Yeah. yeah. But religious people are think that without God, you'll be a bad person. But I find it to be completely opposite. That- oh, yeah. Well, it's it's like Pendulet has said several times, you know, that me being an atheist has no bearing on on whether I'm going to commit, you know, atrocities or not. Like I rape and murder and rob as an atheist exactly how much I want to, which is not at all. Yeah. Right. We don't have a a God threatening us to make us be good. That kind of thing. Yeah. And if you are not doing those things only through threat of punishment from an invisible bully in the sky, you're an awful person. Yeah, and stay religious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that's if your religion is the only thing keeping you from doing those things, then by all means, keep believing in that nonsense and know that you're a terrible fucking person. Mm-hmm. The reality is, atheists or religious, there are bad people. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not it's not exclusive, but being an atheist, atheist doesn't cause you to be, yeah. do you? <laughs> yeah. More more than a handful. Yeah. Ryan I am not an. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm an asshole. I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop teasing you. I, I try to be nice. You are so nice. She's just trying Thanks. to drum up business, Ryan. Like, because she knows. Well, now I've. You know, I'm just turning him into a client. He's gonna be so insecure. He's gonna be sad. a puddle when I leave. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> this is what I do. I get off work at eight a.m. Eight a.m. Never mind. You're great. You get off work at eight a.m. Well, I work three. I work a seventy-two hour shift. I'm a firefighter. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I I cracked in. I crashed into this. Oh yeah. Help, Ryan! You're supposed to be in charge of my mic. (laughs) 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 This is what I get for being mean to you. (laughs) Help me. No, I'm a firefighter, so I work a seventy-two hour shift. So I get off work at eight a.m. Wow. Yeah. I work at Dugway Proving Grounds in the middle of nowhere. Oh my gosh, that's kind of out by me, huh? Not, ooh, I mean, not by me. Well, there's no, if you say you live out there, you're a hermit. There's more than two houses, so. Actually, maybe not. I think I passed three houses. I don't live in Dugway. No, no, not on on Dugway. There's 
just a couple houses left. They're tearing all those down. That's a long drive. Yeah, it is. I live in North Ogden. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so he's got to come all this wow. way to go around the lake, yeah. all this way, and then head out, right. out there. Yeah. Wow. You're dedicated. I only go there once a week. Oh, yeah. Okay, because you stay the whole I stay there for three days. You oh, say dedicated. Okay. I say you should be committed. Okay. It's one of the two. Okay, got it. Well, some people <laughs> say I should be dedicated to getting committed. <laughs> they don't commit people anymore. <laughs> we don't well, do that. We're not allowed. Well, you're not allowed really? to, but the mm-hmm. cops probably can. No, there's like laws about that. Oh, <laughs> you don't pink slip anymore? We pink well, slip. Well, if somebody <laughs> is actively suicidal, yeah. so if they're like, I'm going to kill myself right now. Then is it's twenty four hours, yeah, and I, they can leave at the end of that twenty four hours. I think we had to, we had to change the name of it to something else from pink slipping. Yeah, mm. to say like in front of the person, like there's no longer like if we're in the they're with talking with the cops, like hey, are we going to pink slip? People would learn like, oh, they're taking me to the psych ward. It's like, no, you want to go for a ride in an ambulance for free? You want to go see the Yay! puppies up on the farm? It's a temporary. <laughs> yeah. There's actually when. You pink slip somebody, there's a high incidence of suicide after they're discharged. Ooh. So they say it's to keep them from killing themselves, but... Now they feel worse about themselves. Well, I think of... it delayed it. Okay. But I think that if you... It, it stops it for some people, because they have that moment. Yeah. It's transitory. That's the thing that you need to remember is wanting to end your life is transitory. That's how you feel at the moment. That's not usually how you feel all the time or how you're going to feel the next day. Like take a nap and eat and drink some water, go for a walk, talk to a friend because that will pass. And it'll come back. Well, Um, For some people, actually, that's really, really true. And people who have wanted to kill themselves will want to kill themselves again without an intervention, without like doing some therapy or changing your lifestyle. Um, they say stay away from alcohol. Um, excessive drinking leads. I think it's because they're so unhappy that they're self medicating. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. they say that like excessive drinking is a sign. Not sleeping or sleeping all the time is a sign. Um, often people who have had a break in a relationship because that goes back to that attachment thing and connection. Mm-hmm. So have more friends. You know, or have a couple friends. Don't just have one friend or you have your, your partner, but also have good friends. Um, Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain were both separated. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anthony Bourdain talked a lot about how he felt very isolated when he was on the road, but he also had a long history of depression and recurring really dark thoughts, like you were talking about, um, wanting his life to end and, um, he did some therapy I heard and it, Kate Spade, they said she was on medication and seeing a doctor, but I don't know if she had therapy, but like I said, not all therapy is equal. You mm-hmm. got to find the stuff that works and the stuff that works for you. Um, whenever I hear on the radio about PTSD is really high and there's no cure or these people that end their lives, I think, oh man, if only, or did they, you know, I wonder like, did you go to somebody who did really good therapy or did you check you know sometimes when you take an antidepressant it increases your risk of suicide right away because it elevates your mood enough that you have the energy to kill yourself is oh. what they think <laughs> yeah. yeah that's wow. what that's yeah. what they that's think that's about grim. right so you're supposed <laughs> Jeez, to really yeah. monitor which is why i ask my clients like are you on any medication and how is it working and how long have you been taking it because i see them 
usually every week, sometimes every other week. And the doctor sees them like, I'll see you in six weeks and mm-hmm. we'll yeah. up your meds or whatever. So, um, I want to know how they're doing. And I ask people when they come in, have you ever thought of ending your life? Have you ever thought of killing yourself? And that's what you should ask someone if you see any symptoms of what I talked about. Um, if they lose a job, if they have big financial problems, if their spouse left them or their partner left them and you're noticing they're angry and they're, they're, they look kind of depressed and they're lethargic and they're not socializing, you should say, Hey, are, how are you doing? Like, have you thought about killing yourself? People don't go, Oh God, that's a great idea. I didn't, I didn't until you said that. That does not happen. That's a myth. It does not happen. They actually are like, uh, yeah. Well, yeah I think a lot of people don't want to. Admit make it. that suggestion right they don't want to bring mm-hmm. it up because then it could be well geez he probably wasn't even thinking about it and then i brought it up and oh look there now they're dead and it's all my fault because right because i, I it asked up. and yeah. it's absolutely the opposite that yeah. if you say like have you been thinking about killing yourself oftentimes people are relieved to be like yeah i have and then you you talk to them and obviously you stay calm and compassionate and you hook them up with a, a gun or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Matt, Matt, you're so dark. He's yeah. the nihilist in the group, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, what is it? Dark humor is like food. Not everyone gets it. <laughs> oh, my. Oof. <laughs> Kind of, it ends the conversation. It just that, goes <laughs> boom. Well, we're we're running really short on time, but that that was going to be my my last question for you is, mm. you know, if we if we have a friend or or somebody who's struggling, what can we do as non therapists to help them? Great. Um, you say, have you thought about harming yourself? Have you thought about ending your life? And you listen, and you're compassionate. And you're like, buddy, I'm here for you. Oh, thanks. I should have done that a long <laughs> oh, time ago. Oh, I got the fan pointed at me. Just, oh, that's wonderful. Um, you might have to edit all that out. Oh, no, that'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll edit some shit into it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that was bad. It's not blowing up her skirt. Um, I t- I'm not wearing a skirt. He's lying. She's like, I'm naked. Like- totally naked in here. <laughs> And this is why we can never get female guests to come back. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Behave, young men. But so, so if if our if our friend, loved one, passing or, acquaintance who we see yeah. looks a little down, yeah. we ask them, "Hey, are you thinking of harming yourself or, or killing yeah. yourself?" And they say, "Yes." Say, so, you know what? How do we handle that? Like, you go, you know what? Like, I what? Know. How do you follow that up? Like, oh. Well, this just is very uncomfortable now because I came prepared with this question and now you've said yes. And I don't know what to do about that. And now I feel like I have to do something. Well, because you're a caring person, you want to, Dan, because I know you already. I already cracked open that nut. Ah. Um, You, If they say, yeah, I have been, you empathize. You're just like, oh, I am so sorry. That's horrible. You know what? For one thing, I just always tell people. Suicidal thoughts are temporary, and ending it all feels like the thing to do at the moment, but it gets better. Life always gets better, okay? So, you might have a setback, but that's because you didn't come see me, Matt. (laughs) He's like, what? What just happened? So, you can also give them the suicide hotline, 1-800-273-8255. In Utah, you can call UNI, 587-3000. What's UNI? 
University Neuropsych Institute. So mm-hmm. it's University of Utah affiliated, and that's their crisis hotline. Um, so you program that into their phone. Say, this is the crisis hotline. Call them. They have a mobile unit in Salt Lake County. So if you're with somebody in Salt Lake County, you can say, you need to come here because this person's suicidal and I don't know what to do. That's only in Salt Lake County, though. You can call 911. They will come and assist you. Yes, Ryan? Oh, I'm fire department. <laughs> we don't really like to assist too much. All right, never <laughs> Unless mind. Unless you're on fire. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you can... <laughs> <laughs> if somebody decided to self-immolate, we'll we'll, we'll show up. Water on them. We'll right. get there. <laughs> uh, you can take them to an emergency room. Mostly, just talk to them and give them like I ask people. Tell me three people that you could call and talk to when you're feeling upset. People who you care about, they care about you. Make sure it's in their phone. Put in the crisis hotline in their phone. Put that right in there. Um, you can say like, "What do you? Who do you? Who can I call for you?" Who, who's your bestie? Who's your spouse? Who can I call for you? So if you're doing that with a um, coworker and you're like, oh, this is awkward. I'm not qualified. Then you just go, hey, let's, let's call your spouse. Let's call your best friend. Let's, you know. Let's call someone who gives a shit about you because I don't. <laughs> you do. You're so full of it. You do. Ah, such a liar. I like to ask people to think about a time they were happy. Tell me about a time you were happy. Because you you probably will be again, right? Mm-hmm. You were happy then and you're not now, but probably something's happened that's kind of triggered some feelings. Yeah, my sister had a lot of mental health issues um, and now she's dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she got over them. <laughs> now, so she's over oh. them. But- this is a dark, dark group. <laughs> Well, it, if we don't make light of it, then we would just sit down here and cry. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, but I remember that one of the things that uh, I believe it was one of her therapists told us to talk to her about was, you know, what are your what are you looking forward to? What do you, do you have mm-hmm. any plans for mm-hmm. anything yeah. fun in the future? Absolutely. Not, not just you know when when was the last time you were happy, but do you have anything to look forward to? Absolutely. That is absolutely one of the things. You like three people you can call, three things you look forward to. So what are the things you look forward to? And it's amazing to me how many people will just identify them. You know, it's like, oh, so you can think of these things that you want to go do or you want to accomplish or you're looking forward to. Sometimes people have a trip plan. They're like, oh, I can't wait to go to Mexico. I've got Mm -hmm. tickets. You know, it's like, oh, great. So you have that to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So three people, three Three people plus a crisis hotline, three things you're looking forward to, tools. So how do you cope? What do you do when you're feeling like this? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to listen to music? Do you want to make a podcast for atheists? Um, Godless revolution. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I know those guys. Do you? Yeah. I hear one of them's really weird. I know. <laughs> He's got this fucked up mustache. I don't know what the guy's thinking about. I don't okay. know who would think that's cool ever. I mean, His arms always look like I they're mean, dirty. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Get, take a shower. My God. Are you, ta- are you talking to me? No, no. I was talking I about that guy on that show. He's Is my mustache fucking, showing? With the, with no, no. You're dirty good. arms. You're good. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Is there anything else you would like to plug before we. Before we let you go, seculartherapy.org 
That's a good one. Seculartherapy.org is great. I'm not the only therapist on there. There's actually six in Utah now. I was the first one. Yay! And for a long time, people would go, you're the only one on there when they'd call me. And But now there's six. So you can go to seculartherapy.org. That is great. And um, Recovery from Religion has that peer support number that's 844-368-2848. Really important to get a community going if you're leaving your religion. And I'm sure these numbers will be in our show notes. Yes. And RCT Counseling. That's me, RCT Counseling. RCT Counseling. What's the C? Cook. Oh, is it hyphenated? No. Um, I cut, all the good names were taken. So I got really tired of trying to figure out a name and then searching the domains. And finally I was like, whatever. <laughs> Just my initials. So people are like, what does that stand for? Really cool therapist. <laughs> so no, it's just my initials. You say, yeah, fuck yeah, it is. You should come and find out why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mostly little kids say that. Does that stand for really cool therapist? Uh, yeah, yes. it of course does. it does. I am a bit of a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> we make the best therapists. Let's talk about me. Um, but I have a website, rctcounseling.com, if you want to go check it out and check out the therapist or not. And yeah, I guess that's all I have. Just keep that 1-800. Let's see. I, I should have it memorized. Oh. 273-8255 is the suicide hotline. Fantastic. That's where they'll teach you how to be really good at it. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Matt. Matt. It's a good thing Matt is very anti-gun. Are you, Matt? I am, yeah. All right. Great. I'm yeah. feeling better now. But he digs poison. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big arsenic guy. Are you? Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you very much for, for <laughs> coming for and chatting. Thanks for inviting me. This has been really fun. I appreciate you inviting me. I, I apologize that it's been... Very warm in here. And our bad jokes. Yeah. No, it's totally great. I That was not a planned thing. <laughs> to to have a sweat lodge going yeah, on. Yeah, it's a double. Yeah. It's a perk. It's okay. a perk sweat lodge. Yeah. It's supposed to be It's a cleanse. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, no, I, it's fun. And I appreciate you inviting me. I really want people to know about secular therapy. Yeah, so do I. I think it's, I think it's hugely important. I hear from a lot of people who have really struggled, who obviously needed some some help with mental health issues that they were having and tried to see several different therapists and were always asked, well, you know, have you prayed about it? Are you a religious person? You know, just questions that they thought were wildly inappropriate in a professional clinical setting. Yeah. I I hear that all the time. My last therapist told me, you know, and I'm like secular therapy, there's a place called secular therapy project. And you can find a secular therapist. We've been vetted. I want people to know therapies out there and that, that there's non-religious therapy available for, for all of us. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, this is Thomas Westbrook, and I have a YouTube channel called Holy Kool-Aid, where I take topics and I break them down in five or ten minute videos, trying to give a laser-focused perspective on religion, philosophy, and science. And you are listening to the Godless Revolution podcast. Next up, Gorilla Enclosure. Gorilla Enclosure. Tragedy always brings the internet together, and nothing was more tragic online than the Harambe incident. Rest in peace, Harambe. Tear off God's dick and arms. 
If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you. She was a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like her quite a bit. Very cool. We learned that Matt is way worse off than he thought he was. <laughs> worse than I thought I was? <laughs> than we thought you were, too. Oh, oh yeah, so... So how how do you feel about that whole the whole deal like just the show and what she was saying and stuff? I I was surprised. I thought you were seeing a therapist. Mm-mm. Yeah, you're surprised. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that you were not because oh. I just because I was under the impression that you were not that you had said anything that way, but I just I figured oh well he's on medication he must have gone to see a therapist that they're the ones helping with the medication. Yeah. Mm-mm. Huh. Nope. Yeah, I was surprised to to learn that this evening, but she's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really glad that the secular therapy project exists because like I told her, I hear from people way too often who say, "Oh yeah, well, does anybody know an atheist therapist that yeah. I can go and talk to because I've been to three different therapists now and each one of them has asked me, "Well, have I prayed about it? Have I asked my bishop about it? You know, have I have I done all of these different religious things? And they're like, and that's all bullshit. And then as soon as I tell them, oh, no, I'm an atheist, then, you know, then it's like the therapist doesn't even want to work with me because, you know, I'm just this you're, lost cause. You're and, a lost soul. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. their own religious that. beliefs bleed into the therapy yeah. sessions, which is fucking bullshit. That, has, that should have nothing at all to do with your mental health if you don't yeah. want it to, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you are a religious person and want to see somebody who's religious because you identify with them that way, fine, great, good. But that shouldn't be something that the therapist just automatically defaults to for everybody who fucking well, and flounces I, through the door. Yeah, my, but, my opinion is, is all therapy should be science-based. Yeah. You shouldn't be allowed to run a therapy practice and use crystals and yeah. do woo, wooey type shit because I'm like, well, there's no basis in that actually no, David helping Avocado any, yeah, yeah, I don't think that should be allowed. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing about like, you know, well, have you prayed about it and this and that? Yeah. Um, flip it around and, and see how it sounds. You know, if you, if you went into your spiritual advisor and they were like, well, gosh, are you seeing a therapist for this? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's would- not professional at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. But she was really cool. Yeah. Um, but that'll do it for us this evening. It is very, very warm in here. Uh, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, and so we're, we're not going to have a Patreon portion of the show. If we do, we're going to do it in our underwear, but this will be, this will be a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, next week we'll be, we'll, we'll, we will have a separate Patreon portion. It's just, it's very warm in here and uncomfortable so uh thank you all very much for listening before we go i want to make sure that we thank our patreon supporters that would be vanessa michelle short christy kalbach newmania alan Furt, larry wilson two skeptical chaps let them eat coffee steven andrus the Foz, janet uter he just moved it uh <laughs> jeff peterson <laughs> marius kat butrakowski utah outcast megan kennedy andrew vodapich brandy hamrick jeremy goodson angelica pearson wesley aaron savita kuna the purple dragon and taylor grin yay i yeah. i appreciate you all very 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 much yes we love every single one of you Whoa. and so until next week 
Crucify that like button. Leave a review to achieve your medication. And rate the show five times a day towards shoulder boners. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard I wish I had a better voice to sing some better words I wish I found some chords in an order that is new I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang I was told when I get older all my fears would shrink But now I'm insecure and I care what people think My name's Blurry Face and I care what you think My name's Blurry Face and I care what you think Wish we could turn back time To the good old days When the mama sang us to sleep But now we're stressed out Wish we could turn back time To the good old days When the mama sang us to sleep But now we're stressed out smell will take me back to when I was young How come I'm never able to identify where it's coming from? I'd make a candle out of it if I ever found it Try to sell it, never sell out of it I'd probably only sell one Maybe to my brother Cause we have the same nose Same clothes, homegrown A stone's throw from a creek we used to roam But it would remind us of when nothing really mattered Out of student loans and treehouse homes We all would take the ladder My, my name's Blurry Face and I That was close. Close. That was close. Start all the way over? Yes, please. This is hard. I feel so stupid. (laughs) Most people get it in one take. Do they? No, he's (laughs) fucking lying. (laughs)
<laughs> she hit me. No, I didn't. Is there a camera in here? It's it's percussive therapy, Ryan. Ryan, you're such a liar. <laughs> I have not heard of that kind yet. Do you want me to do it now? Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're recording. Hi, this is Regina Tippetts. Oh, now you got to start over because I was laughing. Give me, give me a chance to stop talking, man. Okay. I'm always doing <laughs> I'm the really talking. Nervous. Oh, I'm really no, nervous. I have to re- I don't. Okay, so who am I? Yeah, that's your name. Regina? Oh, yes. <laughs> thanks, bro. That's what my brothers always called me growing up. I have scars. I have scars. So if you, you just say fuck at the end. <laughs> I'm, I have way with word. Fuck. See, your intelligence just went up like I know, I felt two IQ it. points. I felt smarter right then. Uh-huh. I felt smarter. Fucking women, right? Jeez. Oh, women. Oh, yeah. I hate them. There, I saw in a truck on the way here a huge, uh, like, I guess, stencil on the back window. It took up like half of the back window of the truck and it said 100% white boy. Okay. Have you heard of that? I haven't. No. Well, the the thing is, so is <clears throat> how do they, this, how does the, he know that? I I don't think there True. are any hundred percent white boys, no. are there? Yeah, there's no such thing. thing, right? <laughs> but on their website, it did say that uh, ethnic they're not ethnically diverse. Blacks aren't allowed. You need Spanish to swear. Aren't allowed. Sorry, swear. Fuck. So your IQ can go up, and you I can know, finish that like, sentence. Yeah, I know. Ethnic. Ethnic. Fuck. <laughs>